BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Living the dream once again here on a huge NFL Sunday. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, and we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast-free shipping, free road hats and protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Six games about to kick off. Raiders at the Bears, Browns at the Colts, Bills at the Patriots, Commanders at the Giants, Falcons at the Buccaneers, Lions at the Ravens, six teams off this week, Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Jets, Panthers, and Texans. That being said, another busy day around the National Football League. By the way, Richie, you've got to be in recovery after witnessing one of the most uh, debacle college games of all time yesterday. Oh, yeah. The San Diego State Aztecs ended the Nevada Wolfpack's 16-game losing streak with a six-to-nothing loss at home. I, 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 how did how did you sit through a game like that? Well, uh, you, I'm a pretty positive guy, yeah. So I try to my I try my hardest to always focus <laughs> on the uh, positive aspects of life. Right. And when when you have a game like that, Oof. really the focus becomes the future. I started talking about some of the young players who've really been starting to step out of uh, the inexperience and the uh, the the lack of uh, lack of game day knowledge and and have become. Uh, contributing to this program uh it but yeah it was a tough watch Oof. 
for everybody involved, including the players and the coaches, and they head into a bye week, San Diego State does, uh, to continue on with conference play, uh, hosting Utah State on the other side of their second bye. They were week zero team. You know, but sticking with the NFL, um, as we begin... (laughs) Yeah, let's get off that game from last night as quickly as possible. uh, As we begin this week in the NFL, Mm -hmm. they've shined light on something that has gone viral on social media every single week stemming back from the first week of preseason at every single I shouldn't say every single but at a, at a majority of stadiums this has already happened there have been fist fights either in the stands or amongst fans in the concourse uh, out in the parking lots outside these games brawls like full-blown brawls there's been a fatality already a Patriots fan was struck in the stands and died of a heart condition later on I'm sure it's not good if you have a heart condition to be punched in the face while attending an NFL game so th- there's already been one death uh, that you can that's attributable to this sort of violence in the stands and so in of these recent off-field skirmishes on game days, the NFL sent a memo to its teams warning against these altercations and fightings before games or during games. And basically, they're going to start strongly enforcing game day policies. Um, This includes amongst the players, too. You know, there's supposed to be a neutral zone in the middle of the field where players from either side aren't able to cross over. And so you're going to see suspensions being handed down. You're going to start to see a heavier um, load of uh, police or security in the stands. The NFL is cracking down. All right. Um, That's all great. I understand. And, And safety should be a priority for anyone attending an NFL game. Well, let's get real here, Rich. Uh, First of all, this has been going on forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember the first time I went to San Diego working for the Raiders organization, I counted at least 12 full-scale brawls in the stands. And I'm talking where security has to come in to peel bodies and that the bottom of every pile was some poor Raider fan. Um, now we've also <laughs> talked about alcohol consumption. Yeah, was it, you know, it's always, it. isn't it always amazing to you that they don't have checkpoints as you leave the stadium for alcohol? How many people leave a football NFL stadium with a blood alcohol level above the legal limit? And you're talking about people driving away and under driving the away under the influence. There's yeah. no checkpoints. I mean, if you really want to get serious about this. Zero alcohol served at stadiums. You can't bring alcohol to the stadium. You can't serve alcohol at the stadium. You because alcohol is the fuel. Let's let's be clear on this. If you want to say what is the main culprit for these fights, it's alcohol consumption. So if the NFL really wants to crack down, and of course they're getting billions of dollars from these alcohol beer companies for the league. Then you say no alcohol sold in. And by the way, no alcohol brought in because, you know, they would limit how much alcohol they would serve like in half. You know, they changed the rules and everything else. And so people would get loaded up. I mean, I was eyewitness to this where they would just drink, 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 drink and just be staggering as they walk oh, into the stadium. You were witness to it. So I you want, you want it, to it. I can't tell you how many times I have beer spilled on me right. as I was walking out of so a tunnel. How about a breathalyzer test going into the stadium? If you're. If 
if you're over the limit, you you leave. I don't care if you got a ticket to the game or not. So, again, it's all good to say we're concerned about the safety of the stadiums. I'm 100% for that. But alcohol fuels it. So if you really want to crack down, if you really want to make a statement, I know they won't, but if you really do want to make a statement, that's how you do it. By well, the way, I, guys, uh, we have our first touchdown of the game. We started no. early. 69-yard touchdown run from Jerome Ford for the Browns. Wow, so the wow. Browns jump off to an early 7 nothing lead on the road against the Colts. By the way, Deshaun Watson uh, is back at quarterback for the Browns today, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, but anyway, I mean, that's, that's, that's how this is is it a concern yeah and they they almost like like you said there was a death and so they have to address this but they're not going to they're not going to be serious about this because again alcohol is the fuel that creates this uh i mean it's every man for himself i mean i have sat in stands at stadiums all over the country where i've been in full witness we see fights people post this all the time on their social media full brawls did you what was it the uh, raiders and chargers recently guy got knocked out Oh, Uh, yeah. It happened amongst Bears fans at a recent Chicago game. It's happening at every stadium. So, look, it's time to do something about it. They're absolutely going to do something about the fighting on the field. It's alcohol. But, yeah, it's fueled by alcohol in the stands. There's no question. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are off to a huge start. And Lamar just walked into the end zone for a touchdown. So the Ravens jump on the board early. This is an interesting matchup because everyone's talking about the Detroit Lions, Rich. You know, we've been trumpeting how good the Lions are. This is a road test against the Ravens, and we know the Lions can put up points. The question is, how much better is their defense this year? And at least on that opening drive, what defense? Lamar Jackson literally walked into the a lot end of it. Zone. A lot of it from the back. The, their DBs are very banged up for the Detroit Lions. I think they added one more corner saying he was out for this game, too. Well, so they're the, like uh, down to their third or fourth been, corners. It's been Swiss cheese, Chris, on this one because Lamar went three for three passes. Yeah, Zay Flowers yards. getting a lot of yards early. Yeah, they're going to have Flowers to caught a reception him. for 46, and Lamar Jackson carried the ball for 12 yards, including that score. All right, so also the Patriots are on the board first, believe it or not. 3 nothing lead for the Pats against the Bills. And another big story that came out today, Rich, is that in the offseason, Bill Belichick got a huge, lucrative contract extension. So does that change anything with Bob Kraft now that he handed all that money to the future, doubled down on his commitment, at least in the offseason, contractually to Bill Belichick? Well, I said this earlier on on The Herd when, when Colin was asking me about, about the Patriots and Bill Belichick and what do you do? Has time passed him by as a coach? And before I was aware of this uh, revelation that there was a contract, that there was a lucrative contract signed between Bill and the Patriots this offseason, what I said to him, I'll repeat to you, look, I'm loyal to a fault. And I understand that sometimes loyalty can blind you from the reality of a situation. There's no question about that. There's many people who stay in marriages for too long for that reason and would be happier and potentially raise a happier family if they were divorced. But loyalty is a very difficult uh, thing to undo. And, And I think for me personally, I look at Bill Belichick still as one of the most brilliant football minds in the history of the game and what he was able to architect with Tom Brady is potentially replicable. 
Now, it's not with Mac Jones. I think that ship has sailed. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback of the future, but I do think that Bill's going to be be there. I said this earlier this week, and I'll repeat it here for you, Steve. I, I, I honestly think that there's no moving off of him and as much and as loud as Patriots fans want to be, a big part of the reason of that is what Robert Kraft and Bill have built together in Foxborough. I think he'll at very least be given another season. Um, I, I, I don't forecast, even if things go sideways next year, him making a decision to fire him part of the way through. So I, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be any rash decision-making in New England. I think they're turning the temperature up on Bill. I think the media certainly has turned the temperature up on Bill. I think fans have certainly turned the temperature up on Bill. But he isn't going anywhere. Well, right now the Patriots are 1-5 overall, 0-3 at home, and big underdogs at home today against the Bills. But the Pats have the early. Early three nothing lead. Colts get on the touchdown. Gardner Minshew just threw yeah. a touchdown pass, so they have evened up that game seven seven with the Browns. Mentioned the Ravens up seven nothing on the Lions. All right, next well, with uh, Josh Downs there for the touchdown. That is right, Josh Downs fifty nine yarder. All right, so on the other side, uh, not only obviously we're going to keep you updated on the six games going on right now around the National Football League, but preview some of the other games coming up. Shannon Spake is joining us, the Fox Sports. Uh, Sideline reporter. She's going to work that Cardinals Seahawks game. She'll join us. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Out of the gun. It's Ford to Watson's left. The give to Ford. No. Yes, Ford up the middle. Jerome Ford at the 50. Colts territory 40. It's a foot race. 20, 10. Ford is not going to get caught. He's into the end zone. A 69-yard touchdown run. That's Browns Radio Network. So Jerome Ford with the 69-yard touchdown run. However, Indianapolis countered Gardner Minshew to Josh Downs, 59-yard touchdown, and Deshaun Watson just threw a pick. So the Browns and Colts tied at 7, and uh, Indy on the move. By the way, Deshaun Watson 0 for 3 with a pick to start that game. Yikes. Uh, This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger with you. We are live from the Tyrac.com studios, and a big story brewing right now with the New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills, and after the Patriots got the early field goal, Rich, an interception, a really errant pass, poor pass by Josh Allen. Patriots take advantage, and the Patriots are in the end zone, so just like that, pending the extra point, an early 9-0 lead, and by the way, the extra point is good, make it 10-0 pass, seven minutes to go in the first quarter yeah still a tough place to play in Foxborough that's an ardent and uh, furious fan base now because of a lot of the losing that's occurred um, but yeah the the most recent outing was against the Saints who absolutely demolished the Patriots in embarrassing fashion a 34 nothing belting at the hands of New Orleans in front of their home fans so this is a much better result and obviously an opponent that they know extremely well in the Buffalo Bills they play them twice a year and um, Josh Allen still, to my eyes, just hasn't looked right since Brian no. Dayball's left. I agree with you. And, uh, you know, they escaped last week barely uh, and had nothing to do with their offense. Their defense won that game. Also, by the way, Atlanta has taken a 7 nothing lead on the road against Tampa Bay. Desmond Ritter opening drive, 4 for 4, 46 yards. He scored on a two-yard quarterback keeper. So Atlanta off to a 7 nothing lead. But you're right. I mean, I you watched there's a lot of teams. We talk about the Eagles. We talk about about the Chiefs, we talk about the Bills. These teams don't look right, right? You know, and and you know we're into Week Seven in the NFL. You know, usually maybe two or three weeks to get going, but you get to Week Seven and your offense is just not really clicking. There might be some big problems. Bears, by the way, just got a rushing touchdown from Foreman. So Bears jump on the Raiders early 6-0. But am I right? I mean, if you haven't found the offensive formula, the rhythm or whatever you want to call it, this deep into the season, you might have some problems. Well, look at some of these quarterbacks on the AFC side who we're all touting as going to have amazing Mm -hmm. seasons this year. You know, we talk about Patrick Mahomes. We talk about Josh Allen. We talk about Justin Herbert. We talk about Joe Burrow. uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, obviously, okay, we'll give him an excuse. He had the calf injury, so there's been consistency in terms of the way he's been coached. But the other three, uh, Kellen Moore is the new OC in Mm. town in L.A. 
with Josh Allen. This is now into his second year with Ken Dorsey. But like I mentioned, since Dable left for the coaching job in New York, he just hasn't looked quite right. And Patrick Mahomes, even some early stumbles out the gate, hasn't looked quite himself. Matt Nagy now as offensive coordinator as Eric Bieniemy leaves for the Washington offensive coordinating job this offseason. Consistency in terms of the people who you're dealing with on a daily basis matters. I mean, think about it in your own workplace, going to the office, new person hired, whether it's somebody who works under you, with you, above you. It changes the dynamic inside the building. The same thing occurs with offensive football teams in the NFL. By the way, the much-anticipated showdown between Brian Hoyer, your former roommate with the Pats, and Tyson Bagent, the quarterback for the Bears with Justin Fields out. As we mentioned, the Bears with the early 7 to nothing lead uh, in this one. Dante Foreman got the uh, touchdown run there. I want to ask you quickly about the Bears right yep. now. So the Bears... Let's face it, have the inside track at the number one overall pick in the draft. They're one in five. They have their own pick, and they also have Carolina's pick, and they're winless right now. We just saw Caleb Williams lose again. Mm. And by the way, Caleb Williams is out there talking about that, you know, he would like to get part ownership of a team. I don't know if Caleb Williams understands that you can't do that as an active player. I mean, you can, you know, have a wink-wink promise once you retire, but no, you don't get a chance to own a team in any respect as an active player in the National Football League, nor will ever that happen. Um, And then you got the Lincoln-Riley situation. Rumors are is that he wants to attach himself to Caleb Williams uh, to any team that goes after him. He hasn't looked right the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the three picks against Notre Dame, and I watched a lot of that game yesterday against Utah. Utah just has SC's number. Uh, no touchdown passes in the game. I mean, this idea that Caleb Williams is this, you know, generational talent and all the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, the idea of attaching a quarterback to – a coach? How did that work with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray in Arizona? Um, I don't know if I'm going down that path if I'm one of those teams in the running with the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft. Oh, I, I mean, let's face it. Uh, it got Kyler Murray paid. So from the standpoint of Caleb uh, Williams, I, I'm not shocked that he's interested in continuing his college collegiate success with the the head coach who helped him foster that at the college level uh, at the next level so if if this is a package deal situation it makes perfect sense now in terms of the Arizona Cardinals obviously since it looks like they're going to be moving off of Kyler Murray and they've already moved off of Cliff Kingsbury not well but that doesn't mean that another team won't think, well, with our franchise being more stable yeah. than Arizona's, mm-hmm. we'll be able to figure this out. And never say never on that piece about how a player could or will never have uh, have some stake or share in a team because there have been a lot of things we've said never about. Like the NFL will never be in Vegas. The NFL will never partner with sports books. Well, guess what? Ten years ago, that felt like a never – Today, it's a reality. So I, I'm not I'm not 100% sold that it's going to be for Caleb Williams that they, they move heaven and earth in, in terms of him playing at the NFL level. But as NIL increases at some of these college football programs, you're going to see a lot of these athletes decide to stick around a little bit longer on campus as opposed to taking the show on the road to the NFL 
and that could have a dramatic effect on how much uh, how on well I shouldn't say dramatic but it could have an effect on viewership at the NFL level. Right now they're king, but we know how this goes. Things ebb and flow all the time. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious who wins the Caleb Williams sweepstakes out of USC. I'm also, in terms of his draft position, I'm also curious to see how much football he actually plays for the USC Trojans because they're not protecting him particularly well. He's been getting savaged back there. His offensive line uh, hasn't been. And then also he's playing hero ball out there. He's yeah. not doing a himself any favors uh by the way the ravens lions game chris is not happy right now total yards in this game the ravens have a 131 and detroit has zero uh and on a third and three play touchdown ravens wow so wow. Aguilar gets the touchdown reception after Lamar Jackson scrambles around. He broke a couple of tackles in the backfield doing what Lamar Jackson does. He found time. He finds Aguilar in the end zone. So just like that, 13-0 Ravens. Uh, so a lot of people jumping on the Lions bandwagon. Lions have looked good, certainly offensively. Uh, but in this game already, uh, it has been all Ravens, a very fired-up Baltimore team to start this matchup uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Look, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens may be heating up at the perfect time because like we were talking about with Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and some of these other quarterbacks where there are high expectations and they have really kind of underwhelmed this year. Lamar Jackson appears to be trending in the correct direction already, 114 through the air. He's got the touchdown pass on the earlier drive and five carries for for 18 yards and a touchdown on the ground himself. So he's uh he's getting it done for the 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 Baltimore Ravens and this is a huge matchup for them because if you think about it the Lions are a great test the Lions on the opener and granted it was a different looking Chiefs team than it looks now with Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey back in the fold but the Lions started their season with a victory over the Kansas City Chiefs and sort of announced themselves as a real contender for a Super Bowl if the Ravens get this win in commanding fashion, this really does knock the Lions down a couple of pegs or potentially vaults the Ravens to the top of the conversation in the AFC. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. By the way, last week was the lowest scoring week in the NFL in almost a decade, but we got fireworks right now. Uh, Baker Mayfield just threw a 40-yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans, so the Falcons and Bucks have even at seven. So after a dismal offensive week for the NFL last week, at least early on, things are heating up. Let's find out what is trending right now. Monsi Bolaños proudly with her Chargers cap today. I know. I posted on Twitter slash X that <laughs> Justin Herbert is Phillip Rivers 2.0. Go Chargers! Go! Uh, and that's gotten a lot of traction. Um, and again, it's not knocking that right. Phillip Rivers or Justin Herbert is not a talented quarterback. But it's not translating into wins. Right, right. I didn't take it as you were saying that he wasn't talented, but well, it's very, it's, I mean. I, my point is he's being victimized by the same organization. Yeah, His yeah. talent is being wasted yeah. playing 
for that organization. Yes, it is It is quite frustrating to watch. I will say what was frustrating with that USC game is that they didn't make any players available to the media after. That's not cool. That's not? What do you, what do you mean you can't talk to the players? You know, and again, Lincoln, Riley, one of those coaches said, I love this one, Coach, say stuff like, we had the right play call, we just didn't execute it. Right. In other words, I made the right call, players blew it. And right. he also made a comment of like, we don't, we're not worried about the college playoff. It's like, what are you talking about? Of course you are. Yeah, That's what, what are you, <laughs> yeah you had the returning Heisman Trophy winner, <laughs> and all the hype was, you know, it's, you remember the Heisman speech? Hi, right. all and all that. the other finalists were in the playoff, uh, and yeah. you know, there was Caleb Williams says, I'm coming back because we have unfinished business. Yes. Right, right, right. Listen, it's guys, guys, it's college football. It's about having fun. Right. Yeah, right. Come on. That's part Everybody of it. Everybody knows that. It's just, these are just young men who are going to go and sell insurance or, you know, open up dry cleaning businesses <laughs> or, sure. or maybe one day be home builders. Like, like th- this isn't about, like, pay for profit and You're play right. at the highest level of, of athletic achievement. No! We're out there just having fun. Right. It's not like you just said, Caleb Williams wanting ownership. I can't with that. I can't with that. So I'm going to check in with the six NFL games going on right now. The Bears are beating the Raiders at home 7-0. Less than a minute to go in the first quarter while the Browns and the Colts are still tied at seven apiece halfway through the first. So far, it's been all Patriots. I mean, Josh Allen threw a pick off his first pass of the game. No bueno for me because he's on my fantasy team. But the Patriots are up on the bill. 10-0, about two minutes to go in the first. Falcons and Buccaneers just tied the game, like you mentioned, Baker Mayfield finding Mike Evans in the end zone, so it's 7-7 with the Falcons and the Buccaneers late in the first quarter, and so far, all Ravens against the Lions, which I'm a little surprised about, because the Ravens' offense has been um, inconsistent, to say the least, so I was expecting the Lions to come out hot. Plenty of game left, three minutes to go in the first quarter, Baltimore up 14-0 against Detroit. In the NBA, big news came out today. Stephen Adams of the Memphis Grizzlies is going to undergo season-ending surgery on that right knee that kept him out of the playoffs last year. He tried a rehab approach without getting any surgery. It did not work. He still has ongoing knee instability, so he's going to go and have surgery that will end his season, unfortunately. But he is expected to make a full recovery. Back to you guys. All right, Monty. Thank you very much. Yeah. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive yeah. makes bundling easy <laughs> and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Let's get a look ahead at that Cardinals-Seahawks game. Ready, ready. Now. now. Hey, let's go, let's go. It's time for the NFL on Fox. Focus. And joining us right now is Fox Sports sideline reporter Shannon Spake. And Shannon, I, I want to ask you about the Seahawks team a year ago. Huge surprise. I mean, I thought they were going to be the worst team in the league. And then Geno Smith, who I didn't even know was still in the league, has a Pro Bowl season. Uh, and, you know, they end up in the postseason. This year, they're a 3-2 and two star coming off a disappointing performance on the road against the Bengals. But should we believe that what happened a year ago was not a fluke, that the Seahawks can once again be in contention for a postseason position? 
I mean, I think it's still early to try to determine that. I mean, if you look at last week's game, they were one turnover and three points away from potentially winning that game, you know, against a great Bengals team. And so I don't know if it's – I think it might be a little too early to start counting them in or counting them out. You know, talking to to Pete Carroll this week, he did think defensively they had one of their best tackling games last week. They just didn't do enough to close the deal. Obviously, that's what it's all about, wins and losses in the NFL. Uh, But I'm interested to see how things go today. I, I think that there's a lot of moving parts on the Seahawks team. I think that there's some young young parts. You know, Bobby Wagner obviously came back, and he's trying to kind of – it was interesting. He said he didn't want to be the voice. He wanted to add his voice. So it's a new dynamic and a new role for him. And, and I do think that just some moving parts for, for the Seahawks. But I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing how they do things today, how they stop the run attack of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, even if D.K. Madcap doesn't start, how they kind of get those guys going, Tyler Lockett. And we all know Geno Smith is, is still kind of, I mean, he had a great season last year. Did he buy into the hype? Did they all buy into the hype? And, and did they come in here thinking that they were, you know, the last year's team? Every year is different in the NFL, and I think that's what they're trying to figure out. And then, Shannon, you look at the other sideline with Josh Dobbs, quarterback in the Arizona Cardinals, who I believe started the season pretty hot, a one-and-two start, super competitive in a loss on the road against the Commanders. Same thing, hosting the Giants, then got the win <clears throat> over the Dallas Cowboys. It's cooled off a little bit since, but this is a team that's not just going to lay down I mean, on a on a rating scale, how dangerous are the Arizona Cardinals right now? I mean, I think they got to be dangerous in the second half. That's sort of been their their downfall. You know, we did the Rams game last week where they, you know, they obviously held the Rams, and then the Rams came out and rushed for 174 yards in the second half alone. And so I think that they need to learn how to finish these games. Listen, they don't have Kyler Murray. We know that. Uh, they haven't had Buda Baker. We know that. Uh, they don't have James Conner. We know that. And so these are these are pro bowlers. These are, you know, these are guys that, that are huge contributors to this offense and this defense. We're hoping to get Buda Baker back on the field today. I would love to see him play in this game. Obviously, he's a hometown kid from this area. I covered him when he played at University of Washington. He's awesome. Uh, we were actually doing our, our meetings, our Zoom meetings with the Cardinals this week. We did not ask for Buda, and he just showed up uh, and jumped on the Zoom and started talking to us. And so you know that this is one that he's had circled, and we'll see if we get him back on the field this weekend. So Kyler Murray was back at practice. Uh, do we have a timetable now on when he's expected to return to Arizona? And how is that whole dynamic working? I mean, let's face it, Shannon, before the season began, the Arizona Cardinals were the overwhelming favorites to be the worst team in the NFL. I think the <laughs> over-under was four and a half. Every other team was six and a half wins this year. But when Murray returns, how is that whole dynamic going to work? Uh, is there bad blood? I mean, what, what are you sensing right now? right now with the anticipation of Murray's return to quarterback for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think that, I mean, everything I've heard from practice, guys were really excited to see him back out there. So I don't know if bad blood's the way that I would go with it. I do think it's interesting um, what Jonathan Gannon said is that Kyler Murray's never taken a snap in this in this new coaching uh, program and this new offense and the new things, the new way that they're doing things. So it's not only going to be a physical, is he physically ready, but is he ready from a, you know, X's and O's standpoint in terms of 
learning this specific offense. Uh, when I asked Jonathan Gannon this week about that, he said he's close, and that's really all that we got. We, you know, Jay Glazer said on on the show this morning on on Fox Sports that uh, he took te- uh, he took some snaps with the first team. Uh, I have not had a chance to confirm or deny that. Obviously, if Glazer says that, I'm going to believe it. Uh, but if he's already taking snaps with the first team, I would say that's pretty much an indicator that it's it's I would say a week or two away. When when you look at Pete Carroll. And you think about the reinvention of Geno Smith, and you think about where the Seahawks were with Russell Wilson. How is he still doing this? How is mm-hmm. the message not gone stale? How is he still uh, seems as as energetic as ever? And he's now in his early seventies. How on earth is he still coaching at this high of a level at his age, and and with the rebuild that has occurred in in really quick fashion in Seattle? So I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, and we learned a lot about Ponce de Leon and the Fountain of Youth. And I think that Pete Carroll (laughs) has found that, okay? I think somehow he's tapped into that. He's amazing. I, I love sitting in a room with him, and I think what I hear him say about his players is it's not just about the 40 time or their vertical jump or how they do this or how they do that. He looks for a certain quality, a certain type of player, a certain toughness. And I think as those players continue to get older, they then teach the younger guys what is needed. All of these guys are elite in what they can do from a you know running, catching, tackling standpoint. But I think those intangibles are the things that Pete Carroll looks for. And I think sometimes those intangibles are some of the most important things that you can have on a football field. Just listening to him talk, when he talks about his players, he says, this is what I saw in them. This is what I I mean, even with Geno Smith, it's a great story. He sat behind this guy. He sat behind this guy. He learned. He's got the toughness. He's got the drive. He's a leader. I think all of those things are so important, and I think that is what makes Pete Carroll's team elite. Battle in the NFC West. Cardinals on the road against the Seahawks. Shannon Spake will be on the sideline. Shannon, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be watching. No problem. Have a great day, guys. Enjoy the Sunday. Thanks so much, Shannon Spake. Joining us right there. Uh, interesting battle, and it'll be interesting to see when uh, Kyler Murray does return to the Cardinals, whether that's going to make a, a difference. Dobbs played well the first three weeks, but he has regressed over the last three weeks. That's why the Cardinals find themselves with a 1-5 and five record. A couple of quick updates here, uh, Rich. The Giants' commanders, no score, but the Giants have a second and goal at the Washington 12-yard line. The Bills get on the board with a field goal and the Colts have taken a 14 to 7 lead over the Browns and that was following that Deshaun Watson uh, interception meanwhile I'm watching uh, our Chris here he's trying to hang on to any hope that somehow some way his <laughs> Detroit Lions can turn this thing around first quarter coming to an end and the Ravens lead the Lions 14 nothing and it has been total domination by Baltimore in this game. Baltimore, great front-running organization. And what I mean by that is when they play with a lead, it is hard to beat the Baltimore Ravens. So Detroit's got to do quick work to get back in this ball game. Otherwise, this could get ugly for them. Six games going on in the NFL. We got everything you need, the scores, the stats. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast. 
Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Lamar takes the snap. Lions rush four. Lamar escaping the pocket, spins his way, extending to the right side. Settles his feet, lops in the back of the end zone. Touchdown, Nelson Aguilar! And Lamar Jackson delivered for a second time in the red zone today. That's 98 Rock Ravens Radio Network. And the Ravens have scored again. 21-0 Ravens over the Lions. You want to hear some numbers? Lamar Jackson... We got 13 minutes to go in the first half. 14 of 17, 207 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. So he has 207 yards passing. Jared Goff has two total yards, 245 for Baltimore, six for Detroit. That's what we call domination. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Steve Harbour and Rich Armberger. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. By the way, if you're if you like using debit over credit, 
Shouldn't you also get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cashback on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. So this Ravens-Lions game, uh, Lions were undefeated on the road, 3-0, 5-1 overall. A lot of people thought, wow, we're going to find out a lot more about this Lions team against obviously a quality Ravens team on the road. Lamar Jackson, two touchdown passes, 207 yards passing, 13 minutes to go in the first half. He's also run for a touchdown. This is blowout city today. Well, and, and one of the things that we've been been able to say about Lamar Jackson's Ravens since he's gotten there is well you can count on them to possess the ball run effectively and play great defense and that has been true however Todd Munkin now the offensive coordinator a little bit of a different view as to how Lamar Jackson can be utilized offensively uh, the passing game picking up so far today, 38 yards on the ground to 207 through the air, 14 of 17 passing. Like you said, the two touchdown passes already. Lamar Jackson is not as one-dimensional as he used to be. They are trying to get the ball in the air more in Baltimore, and it's working. Now, again, a little bit of a slow start. We talked about this with a lot of the different AFC quarterbacks who have different offensive coordinators in their ear. Patrick Mahomes back to McNaggy. Kellen Moore working with Justin Herbert now. There's been switchover. There's been changeover. Offensive coordinators get jobs elsewhere. Offensive coordinators get head coaching jobs. In Baltimore... Todd Munkin is trying to make a difference. He's trying to change their approach offensively, and it's working today against Detroit. So you have the Colts and the Browns. The Browns have a first single. We just got to the end of the first quarter there. Browns trying to even up this game. 14-7 Colts. Quarterback passer rating so far. Gardner Minshew, 3 of 5, 84 yards, one touchdown, no pick. That's a passer rating of 143.8. Deshaun Watson, 1 for 5, 5 yards, no touchdowns, and one pick. That is a passer rating of 0.0. But the Browns are getting it done on the ground and now have a chance to tie it up. They have a first and goal at the three-yard line of the Colts. Where are we right now with Deshaun Watson? Well, he's been injured, uh, so he has not played a lot this season so far. Deshaun Watson had a non-throwing shoulder injury uh, tear in his rotator cuff. And I'm not exactly sure what happened. Nobody really is exactly sure what happened. It feels like to me, and this is my own subjectivity, it feels like to me that there must have been some sort of disagreement on how to handle this medically. And Deshaun Watson may have seeked a second opinion and and did so quietly. And he was taking a little bit of flack from the front office and from the coaching staff about how he was handling the injury but maybe wanted to heed with a little bit more caution than the Cleveland Browns wanted to considering where they feel like they're at in the AFC and in their division and Deshaun may have said hey look I got to look out for myself here a little bit with my health and my career so that's my own subjective analysis of it we'll see if there's any further information available so yeah he looks a little rusty 
you know, he didn't play a lot of football last year. He hasn't played a lot of football over the past three seasons. And already this season, he's been taken off the field with an injury situation. So still a lot of rust around the edges with Deshaun Watson. It's not getting better. Let's put it that way. In other words, he's, he's I don't know if it's going to get better, but right now it's not getting better. By the way, the Giants on the board first in that matchup against the Commanders. Tyrod, don't call me Tyrod Taylor. A uh, touchdown pass there to Darren Waller. When you think about quarterbacks that signed huge deals in this offseason, mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. how are they doing right now? Are they living up to those huge deals that they got in this offseason? Um, well, here's the thing. You kind of lumped Daniel Jones in with the group. And well, Jalen Hurts has seven touchdowns and seven picks. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't include Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, he signed the Dak Prescott contract from two years ago in New York. Yeah. I, I hate to say this because this this sounds ridiculous, but forty million dollars for a franchise quarterback, if that's what the of the excuse me the Giants felt that Daniel Jones could be to them, is a bargain. Yeah. Now he has not played well this season. I don't think it's all Daniel Jones' fault. I don't In think fact, anyone's going to say forty million a year for Daniel Jones is a bargain. Well, the, the, if you look at the the Giants and the way they were protecting him while he was out there, not all of those sacks were the offensive line's fault. Some of them were Daniel Jones fault but my goodness he was sacked 30 times before Terod Taylor took over 30 times he hadn't even played a full six games and he was sacked 30 times so yeah it's very difficult to evaluate a quarterback when when even one who's expensive when he can't throw the football he's being pressured at that rate all right we have a touchdown for the Browns they've evened up that game against the Colts and the Bears have a second and goal on the Raiders three-yard line looking to extend their seven nothing lead for all the latest keep it here this is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Taylor takes the snap, fires it into the end zone for Waller. Touchdown, Giants! Their first first-half touchdown of the season. It's their first touchdown since September the 21st in San Francisco. That's W Fan Giants Radio Network. So at least for the moment, Giants fans are feeling a little bit better. The early 7-0 lead over the Commanders. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to get you there in unmatched selection. Fast free shipping, free road ads and protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And it is now 28 to nothing. Ravens over the Lions. Still eight minutes to go in the first half. Lamar Jackson 15 and 19, 229 yards, two touchdowns. Gus Edwards just got into the end zone with a score. The Lions have 13 total yards in this game. Baltimore has 325. It's complete domination. The Lions defense. Again, it's a mash unit on the back end. They're secondary banged up for sure, but... 
This pass rush has done a really nice job hemming in offenses this season so far. That's helped and is attributed in a large way to them getting off to a 5-1 and one start. What they did most recently to the Buccaneers, holding them to 6, uh, holding the, the Panthers to 24, while their offense romped them, posted 40-plus there. The Falcons earlier in the season held them to 6. I mean, this defense over the past four games twice has held teams to single digits. That's difficult to do in the NFL. But today, it's just been Ravens unleashed on Detroit and Baltimore. How about the Bears up 14 14- Nothing on the Raiders. Uh, Bears coming in, obviously, 1-5, 0-3 at home. Tyson Bagent is their quarterback today. He's 9-12, 62 yards. Meanwhile, your former roommate with the Patriots, Brian Hoyer, 9-15, 81 yards and a pick. What do you make of Devontae Adams uh, voicing his displeasure with the organization publicly even after winning their last couple of games? Well, here, here's the reality. Devontae Adams could have played anywhere. He played with this franchise because he believed in two things. One, that he could go back and play with his quarterback that he played with at Fresno State in college, and they had a tremendous amount of success together, obviously, during their college playing days. But also, he's chasing hardware. He's getting older. He wants to win a championship, and I think he was sold a bill of goods when he signed this free agency contract. And again, the the Raiders gave him a big contract, but but still, I, I mean, I think I think his criticisms are somewhat warranted. I don't know if doing it publicly is the best thing for the team. Certainly not. Um, maybe for him personally, it'll work out. But but yeah, I think that's the genesis of the that commentary. Is he felt like, well, I came here to play with Derek Carr and to win a Super Bowl and neither are going to be happening this season. Well, uh, teams have called the Raiders and the Raiders are telling everybody we're not trading him. Yeah. He's not on the trade market. So that's until one way of saying, well, until somebody comes up with a better offer. <laughs> yeah, in other exactly words, that, correct. that's yeah. usually what happens. In other words, he's not tradable. What? Two number ones? Did yeah, you say okay. two number ones? Two number ones might yeah. consider. How about the New England Patriots up leading uh, the Bills 13 to 3? Mac Jones has been very efficient. 8 of 10, 110 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. That's a key stat there. Uh, but it's really been the Patriots' defense. Allen, Josh Allen's been picked off once. He's thrown for just 85 yards they only have 23 yards on the ground Mm. we talked about this earlier the bills offense i mean they look good against miami but miami doesn't have any defense um and now they're running into a an inspired new england team and i go back yesterday i don't know if you watched any of that alabama tennessee game tennessee was up 20 to seven and a half time at alabama second half 27 zip crimson tide and so nick saban and bill belichick cut from the same cloth they've been friends forever coaches together back in the day and so while the coaching obituaries for nick saban were vastly premature i just wonder if new england can finish this off today get a win at home against the bills whether that can spark this team to, you know, get it right and actually head in the right direction for the remainder of the season. Well, look, I mean, this is a team that you could you could make the argument should be a 3-3 three and three ball club. That, that Giants win was really the Giants beating themselves last Thursday night. Uh, there's no question in my mind that the New York football Giants could have, could have won that game if they made better decisions at the end of the half and better – 
uh, play calls at the end of the game, or if the officiating looked at the way Darren Waller was held, which he clearly was, on that untimed down to finish the game and gave the Giants an, another shot at it. I, I, So you look at them and you say, yeah, four and two bills, they're, they're starting to figure it out. But if you actually watch these games, I, I still look at them as highly inconsistent. And I have serious concerns about Josh Allen as he progresses with Ken Dorsey because it doesn't look the same as it did with Brian Dable. And then in terms of the Patriots, yeah, look, I, I mean, I'm never going to count out Bill Belichick. I played for the guy for three years. Um, I lived in that system. I understand how meticulous it is. And if they have buy-in, that's the most important part. If there's trust in what the organization and the franchise and what what Bill is is telling everybody at the head of this organization – well, then they're, they're going to have success if they have enough talent on the roster. I don't know if they're a talented enough team to have a good year, but can they have a passable season as they look to rebuild, look forward to you know, being less restricted with, uh, with some of the cap numbers that they're dealing with this season? Yeah, and, and that rebuild, as we know in the National Football League, it can happen really fast. The Buccaneers have kicked a field goal, even up that game against the uh, uh, Falcons. 10-10 right now, the score in that game. Baker Mayfield, 171 yards passing already in the first half he is playing well also playing well Tyrod don't call me Tyrod Taylor 10 of 14 163 yards he just threw his second touchdown pass of the game the yeah. Giants leading the commanders 14 and nothing you know Taylor's been around obviously he's had uh, you know he's I'm almost like a Geno Smith right he's been the guy that's been around starter backup uh now getting an opportunity obviously with Daniel Jones out what, what do you do if you're the Giants you're sitting at one and five Taylor's playing well Jones has not. Do you, do you ride the hot hand for a little bit if you're the Giants, or do you immediately run back in your $40 million a year quarterback as soon as he's ready? Well, you always have to think about doing what's best for your franchise in the short run and in the long run. And maybe what's good for them in the short run is to let Daniel Jones get healthy and let Terod Taylor handle some of the stressors that are being placed on starting quarterbacks. They still haven't figured out this offensive line. Uh, already... Um, Taylor has been under pressure in this game, and you can see it coming. He will be sacked. I mean, it's just a matter of time. He was sacked three times last week against the Bills, hurried many others. Um, the pressure has gotten to whoever's been under center for the the Giants. But, yeah, I, I do think it's looked slightly better. I do think that since Terod Taylor has been there and some of the effort to improve the offensive line with some acquisitions that Justin Pugh off the street playing left tackle, it was an improvement. Oddly enough, it was an improvement uh, last week. So there, there has been an effort to adjust things and make things better up front. Um, but it's been a, 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 you know, we were talking about the Detroit Lions secondary. Same thing with the offensive line in New York. It's been a mass unit. There have been a lot of injuries, a lot of poor play. And as a result, it's really suppressed the offensive output. By the way, if you're wondering why Rich and I call him Tyrod and not Tyrod Taylor, when he was with the Chargers, uh, he mentioned the fact that his mother, who gave him his name, <laughs> pronounces it Tyrod, not Tyrod. Everyone right. calls him Tyrod Taylor, but <laughs> the woman that actually gave him the name says Tyrod, not Tyrod. So that's why we call him Tyrod and, and by the in way, honoring his mother, which intended that to be his name. I, I mean, he played at Vatek. 
Mm-hmm. They called him Tyrod Taylor there. Yep. He played for about six, seven years in the NFL before he told anybody Everybody the correct Everybody calls him Tyrod Taylor. So about that for 10 years, for a decade, he was just allowing people to call him Tyrod Taylor. He, he's Taylor. a very quiet guy, very yeah. great guy, but he just happened to mention the fact <laughs> that his mother gave him the name, and it's Tyrod, not Tyrod. So that's why we do there that. Browns have retaken the lead 17-14 to over the Colts. This in spite the fact that Deshaun Watson, is he out of this game right now? What is the latest here, Ryan? Because I see P.J. Walker uh, attempting a pass. Watson, one of five, just five yards and a pick. They've been getting it done with their running game. That's how they have a 17-14 lead over the Colts. What is the status of Deshaun Watson? Do we have an update? He's not back in the game quite yet. Uh, It appears that he did clear concussion protocol, but um, they're still looking at his rotator cuff. So there's no official ruling on his status in terms of returning to the well, game. Well, P.J. Yeah. Walker, of course, uh, he didn't play great, but he was the quarterback when the Browns ended uh, the winning streak of Brock Purdy and the 49ers a week ago. By the way, we're in the final stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships on November 3rd and 4th. The countdown begins now. Get your tickets today at Breeders.com. All right, we're approaching halftimes with games around Around the National Football League, six games in progress for all the latest. Keep it here. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Taylor. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as 
an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Over center. Play fake. Back to throw. Steps up. Dumps it underneath. Completes it to Barkley. Runs out of a tackle. He's to the 10. He's to the 5. He's in for the touchdown. Saquon from 32 yards out. And the Giants take the lead 13-0. That's W Fan Giants Radio Network. Couple of touchdown passes for Terod Taylor. Giants lead the Commanders 14 zip. Five minutes to go in the first half in that game. Meanwhile... And by the way, this is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Steve Harper, Rich Ornberger. We are live from the Tyrac.com studios. Gardner Minshew rushing touchdown. Anthony Richardson, the rookie, out for the season, Rich. And Gardner Minshew will be the quarterback from here on in for the Colts. Colts lead the Browns by a score of 21 to 17. Big disappointment for the Colts organization with the injury to Anthony Richardson. I guess my only concern there early in the season was is that there was a lot of focus on Richardson because the owner had made it clear even if they had had the number one overall pick, Anthony Richardson would have been their choice. And I just felt like even though he played well, they were asking him to do too much too soon. And his rookie season ends prematurely. I agree. I 100% agree. Now, it's not about doing too much too soon. It's about too much, period. Like, you you have to either, A, sculpt an offense that helps him protect himself or give him the practice reps to – to help him learn how to protect himself, like legitimately practice having him running out of bounds, avoiding contact on the sideline, legitimately have him practice sliding to avoid contact. These are things that are not innately apparent to a player who is elevating from the college ranks into the NFL, that this is something they need to do to preserve themselves because then they never had to do it in their entire life. You know, through high school, they were the biggest, baddest dude on the yard. Through college, many players, they ascend to become the biggest, baddest dude on the yard, and he was so fast and so strong and so big playing the quarterback position, he didn't have to be afraid or shy away from contact because many of the guys that he was playing against in college will be selling insurance or cars after their college careers. Well, guess what? At the NFL level, these guys are trained killers. These guys are – this is what they do. They run down the football field, and they look to demolish you from a defensive standpoint. It's an unbelievably violent sport. And if you don't protect yourself, you end up hurt three times and then out for the season before your rookie year really gets started. The Lions and the Ravens, uh, we're getting close to halftime now. Inside two minutes to go. The Lions finally stopped the Ravens on a fumble. They didn't even force the fumble. The ball was dropped, recovered by the Lions. So the Lions trying to get anything going right now. The score is bad. The overall stats are even worse. 18 first downs to three Ravens, 356 to 58 total yards in this game. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, uh, this this goes back to MVP days. I mean, he's been unreal today. 17 of 21, 255 yards, two scores. He's also run for a touchdown. So if you are Dan Campbell 
and this game continues on in the path that it's going right now. You know, sometimes they talk about, you know, sort of like a learning experience. I don't know if that works in the NFL, but for a team that was really talking up a good game, I mean, Jared Goff says, hey, we can beat anybody. And so they're feeling really good about themselves. And you should after a 5-1 start. A humbling game like today how does that play for a team like the Lions that's trying to shake a losing background and become a winner? Before, you, before I answer that question, we just got a text message from a former co-host of us both. Mike Costa also used to be a sideline analyst for the radio call for the Las Vegas Raiders working in his yard, wanted a Raiders update in this game. It is not going well <laughs> for Las Vegas on the road in Chicago. No. 14-3 to right now. The Raiders are trailing. Brian Hoyer, 10 of 19 passing, 93 yards, one pick. Tyson Bagent in his first ever start. Uh, the pride of Shepard college i believe or shepherd university wherever he came from 14 of 19 104 through the uh through the air zero picks zero touchdowns uh deontay foreman going off for the bears eight carries 41 yards two rushing touchdowns and a long of 13 so chicago gonna go in at the half leading this game 14 to three all right well costa don't ask for that we you know again it's not been a good day raiders were hoping to extend their winning streak to three on the road against the hapless bears so well hang on whoa, 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 good. Whoa, whoa, we're gonna call this one over they're trailing by 11 right. i know they're on the road well, but it's, brian, it's not like brian hoyer we'll see i mean they're I, not I, facing I, brian urlacher I, over there either. they are not uh so getting back to what dan campbell I mean, does is this one of those organizations, because they've been a perennial loser, where a blowout loss like this potentially shakes any confidence they had built early on in this season? Or if you're Dan Campbell, you just say, hey, guys, one of those days, let's throw it away and get back on track. Yeah, Dan Campbell, he's done to the city of Detroit what um, – you know what it compares to is what Bryce Harper has brought to the Philadelphia Phillies. So when Harper signed there, and it was a big deal, you know, long-term deal, huge free agency signing, uh, he really leaned into the blue-collar, hardworking, working-class attributes of the city of Philadelphia. And yeah, you can you can tell the way he talks about the fan base. You can tell the way he addresses the media about what it means to him to see, you know, Philly Stadium filled, Philly's ballpark, whatever they call it over there, filled to the rafters and cheering for the team. Dan Campbell's done a lot of that in Detroit. Detroit's a hard luck town, man. You know, it used to be a boom town, uh, now a part of the Rust Belt, uh, Motor City. How many cars are made there anymore? I know there's been a bit of a renaissance, but it's been a lurching pace economically trying to get back on path. And what he's meant to that city, I think from an emotional standpoint, he's just got what it takes to will a team or a city or a fan base who had very little to root for. And, and to create a spark, and from that spark, create a flame, and from that flame, create a little heat for his franchise. And it's tumbled into overwhelmingly a successful story for the Lions. So, yeah, look, they're going to take their lumps here, it looks like, as the second quarter is coming to an end. They'll go in, 
at halftime, assumedly still being shut out. 28 nothing is the score right now. But if there's a head coach in the, in the National Football League who I trust from an emotional, intelligence standpoint to get his team back on track after a tough loss, it's Dan Campbell. All right, don't count out the Lions, though. They now have the ball at the Ravens' 28-yard line. They have a third and three. At the very least, they're in field goal position. And Jared Goff, what was that? Chris, can you identify? Was that a pass? Oh, boy. Or that's, was that uh, a fumble? That's just a brain was... fart. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, at least he didn't take a sack on so that. Jerry that feels Goff... like he's just getting it away. You know what? I take it all back. Everything nice I just said about the Lions. Wow. Oh, that is that is about as ugly a pass <laughs> as you're ever going to treat. He essentially spiked the no, ball. No, he, he saw the rush coming, and that's one of those things he does where well, he just where throws it away. where is the receiver? He's just getting it away. He doesn't want to take the sack. He just throws I the ball. I understand, but now they called intentional grounding on Jared Goff. So he just literally took him out of field goal range because that's a loss of down and the penalty. So Goff threw the ball into the ground. That is intentional grounding when you're in the pocket and they called him on it. So it's now a fourth and 15. So Goff goes brain dead. Absolutely brain dead. I mean, you can't do that. He yeah, knows look, that. Bad, bad decision. Veteran quarterback understands. Literally the takes him out of field but, goal position. But hang on, I, this is this is symptom of the situation when things go really wrong. We saw this with Caleb Williams against the Utes. We've seen this happen recently with him at USC. You panic and you try to do too much. Don't play hero ball. You know, operate inside the system. Take a sack. It may be a lousy place to take a sack, but it's better than losing even more yardage with the penalty. But, yeah, de- definitely a brain fart. <laughs> well, first they, they had field goal range. Now they have a fourth and 15 at the 40-yard line. They were uh, and they field goal and- range if he took the sack, though. Like, I think they were dead either way. Well, okay. I mean, I, 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 either way, I mean, you got to be able to throw the ball away in a manner that's not going to cost you well, that a agree. penalty, and that's exactly what happened. So they're going to go for it. On 4th and 15, there's 19 seconds to go in the half right now. Uh, again, it's a moot not. point. I mean, the I mean, Ravens are up. If he took up. the sack, would he have been back at the Baltimore 40? No. No. That That's my point. Is that you, you might still be in field goal range. This is shameless defense by a Lions diehard Jared Goff fan. Chris. <laughs> I am. Oh, if you listen to my podcast, if you listen to Pride Detroit, you would know I am not a Jared Goff fan at all. <laughs> all right. Well, you should be because Goff's had a really good year. He's but had he's a had very a good hat. year. He's yeah. had a very good year. I would still argue that the yeah, Lions probably don't really want a long good year. Term. A year ago. Today's 11 of 18, 99 yards. What's amazing is, the, is that the Ravens are leading 28 to nothing, and the Lions have not turned the ball over once. Mm. I mean, the first four drives for the Ravens were long drives, all resulting in touchdowns. The only thing that stopped the Ravens on their last drive was a fumble in which the running back literally drops the handoff from Lamar Jackson. I do have to give credit because the best uh, defense sometimes is is a ball control offense and a a nice nine-play drive here to to limit the bleeding before the half. I I mean, that's exactly what the Detroit Lions needed to do is take some time off the clock. Whoa, we got a first down for the Lions right there. Clutch. Fourth and 15. St. Brown. flag, though. Uh-oh. 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 Penalty. Uh-oh. It's against Sewell. Oh, we got it's a, offensive holding. Yeah, we got a no. holding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my so gosh. So, Goff got some oh time to find a receiver. Undisciplined dropping on top of it, too. So, no. now you move the ball even further back. Fourth so, down. Do you just punt? Well, By the way, if you throw an incomplete pass... 
Yeah, they're going to punt. Yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous. To. They yeah. have to. Come on. I mean, it's fourth right. and 25 then. <laughs> from do you the get 50. the ball to start the second half because Baltimore wanted the ball right, to start. All right, all right. All right. So uh, 14 <laughs> seconds left of the half. It ends Super. mercifully uh, for this Lions team. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Let's find out what is trending right now and Monsi is back. So Monsi, you didn't tell me about your feeling about your Chargers right now. Oh, wow. They're uh, uh, (laughs) taking on the Chiefs and Casey. The Chargers play well against the Chiefs. They do. They do. I actually think they could pull it off because they win the most unexpected games and then the games that they should win easily, they don't. Uh, Justin Herbert has by far the most interceptions thrown in the fourth quarter since he came into this league. No quarterback in the league since his rookie season is even close in fourth quarter interceptions. Well, is well, that a concern? Thank you for that. Thank hang you on, for that. Hang on, though. I mean, he, he could turn that around today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he okay. look, I'm, just, yeah, I'm is asking a, her, is that a concern? Of course it is. Of course it is. But, you know, you still have hope. You still have hope that he can do something, that he can turn that around. Rich, don't laugh. I, 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 was, I was trying to help, and then that last part, I mean, you were laying it off pretty thick. Uh, thank you, Mr. Hartman. I appreciate it. I feel so good about my life right now. Uh, what's trending to no one's surprise is this Lions-Ravens game because Baltimore has been cooking this entire time, specifically Lamar Jackson, who's thrown for 255 yards, two touchdowns. He also has a rushing touchdown, and it really has has been all Ravens 28-0. I did not have this on my bingo card. The Buccaneers defense ended the first half really well. They forced a fumble after sacking Desmond Ritter, got possession, and so we ended tied Falcons-Buccaneers at 10 apiece. It is halftime. The Giants, hey, have scored two touchdowns in the first half for the first time this season. Tyrod, don't call me Tyrod, or what is it? No, Tyrod, don't call me Tyrod Taylor. That is correct. Just call him Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor, that's it, right? That's it. He's thrown for 204 yards and two touchdowns, and the Giants are beating the Commanders 4-0. About 30 seconds to go in the first half. The Bills have yet to score a touchdown in the first half. Josh Allen was picked off in his first pass of the game. He is 9 of 16 for 90. 99 yards, one interception, and the Patriots are beating the Bills 13-3. The Colts have taken the lead over the Browns 21-17, less than two minutes to go in the first half. And the Raiders have a field goal, but it's the Bears who are on top 14-3. It is halftime in this one. Man, you just put me in a sad mood over here. (laughs) Like, Chargers aren't even playing. Yeah, why is she catching strays? Why are the Chargers catching strays? Well, I I mean, I, well, they're gonna they're gonna be playing here shortly on the road against the Chiefs, yes. uh, Monty. Thank you very much. Will we I, see Taylor Swift? That's the question. No, thank I, you, I, thank I, you for I keeping the main <laughs> thing the main thing. I was Monty. hoping to get through the show without mentioning her name. Come oh, on, now. Not Come on her name. now. This is Sports Talk Radio, Steve. You yeah, talk exactly Taylor that point. Swift. Duh. No, we do not. Anyway, so <laughs> Chargers and Chiefs. I want to stay with this one for a moment to the annoyance of Monty here. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. But, but, yeah. but instead I, of the Chargers. Actually, I do like annoying Monsi, so yeah, I, I know you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But let's talk about the Chiefs for a second here, Rich. Um, offense is not doing well. They pick up Nicole Hardman to bring him back. Their wide receivers through the first six games have two touchdown receptions. Yeah. Uh, and 
Patrick Mahomes' passer rating is in the middle of the pack. So their offense isn't getting it done. Their defense has played well, which is a big reason why they're at 5-1. and one. Now, A year ago, I was predicting with the absence of Tyreek Hill that they were going to take a, a big step backwards. They struggled a little bit early on and then really hit their stride and never looked back all the way to a Super Bowl championship. Is it a similar scenario this year or – are some of the missing pieces going to have a bigger effect on this offense as it progresses? <sighs> Boy, I I, I got to tell you, I think I think he will rebound. I think that Patrick Mahomes will overcome whatever maladies are affecting this offense, whether it be inexperience from the receivers, having a hard time catching up with the pace of this offense. You know Mac- Nagy was able to jump in after being fired as the head coach in Chicago and get back to right where he started from with Patrick Mahomes, but it is a different voice. He had been working for years with Eric Bieniemy, and that changes things on a daily basis, hearing something through the lens and the perspective of one coordinator and then going to a different OC uh, after that time. So there's some changes, new personnel, and uh, I think it's having an early effect on their season. Record-wise, still in great shape. Um, and, and their competition this week with an injured Justin Herbert trying to play through that hand injury on his non-throwing side, I think had a significant effect on his play last week. I think it'll continue this week. It's very difficult to throw with the same level of confidence in the pocket if you're Justin Herbert and you're worried about bracing yourself because you, you're injured on the other side. Also, it avails you to bigger hits and bigger injury when you're taken to the ground. So I, I think this is... This is most likely a win for the Chiefs. Uh, This is going to continue being a season where the Chiefs have their struggles, but more successes than struggles. And we'll see if they can can play catch up a little bit here in the middle of the season, getting these receivers on the same page as Patrick Mahomes, because we know what it looks like when it's really good. It hasn't been really good yet this season for Kansas City. Now, I want to say something positive for Monsi about these Chargers. And I know I'm hypercritical of the Chargers. It's personal. I make it very clear. It's very personal with me and Dean Spanos. This goes back over 30 years, so I'm not going to let go of that. But if you look... That's a healthy way. And, and Rich is well aware of this as well. But anyway... Listen, yeah, we, you know what? We go charge to couples therapy look together, I, me and Steve, for years, and this comes up once a week. You, you have to understand, I have to restrain myself to reveal the real Dean Spanos to the world. Okay? I just... I do that for my own sake. But if you look at the Chargers' remaining schedule after this road game against the Chiefs. Their last five road games are against the Jets, the Packers, the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Broncos. All of those are winnable games. Yes. On the road. Yeah. Now, essentially, they play on the road every game because they're always forced to go to silent counts, even at SoFi Stadium, but even their home games. Bears, Lions, Ravens Tough, Broncos, Bills, Chiefs. So, if he, I mean, if you look at this schedule, there's only like three, maybe four games where you say, all right, they'll probably be an underdog. That puts them at 10 and 7. Yeah. And that probably gets them into the postseason. I did want to ask you, though, Rich, about Justin Herbert. And yeah. I'm a Herbert fan like everyone else because he can make some amazing throws. But he's had a couple of games now where he's had a chance to tie a game or pull a game out in the fourth quarter and. 
he has failed to deliver in the end. Um, Well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Look, I I think that Justin Herbert, to a a greater extent, will will hear more of this. And it's unfortunate because Justin Herbert is the type of – player and quarterback who's actually done more for his franchise than his franchise has done for him think about the coaches he's been surrounded by so far early in his career well you brought in kellen moore well i I mean are we are we huge believers in kellen moore after what we saw in dallas well i have the thing about it is i haven't seen a lot of difference in their offense from what we saw a year ago look i think i i I do believe that he is he's better suited to work with justin herbert than joe lombardi i i will i i like the offense better i'll admit all of that and i do think that they've had some issues uh offensively this year with eckler starting the season injured with the hammy and um obviously the injury they sustained to mike white the injury that justin herbert just had to his non-throwing hand i mean there's been issues offensively and it's like this every year with the chargers you go into the 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 preseason you think this team has a a super bowl roster and then the injury bug bites them every single year and it's been no different this year at the start of the season so with that put that on the side burner for a second and just focus on justin herbert and some of the criticism he's received over the past two seasons last year he's a social media quarterback this year he folds in the big moments in the big games okay well if he were playing i don't know for pete carroll or if you're playing for andy reed or doug peterson down in jacksonville would would he have more success if you were playing for bill belichick you know, Billy O'Brien as his offensive coordinator, would he have more success? If he was playing for Brian Dable in New York with the Giants, now granted in front of that or behind that offensive line, I don't think anybody will have success, but would it look better with better coaching? My argument is, yeah, I think for as much criticism as you can lay at the feet of Justin Herbert, even more needs to be piled atop Brandon Staley. He has wasted Wasted now years of Justin Herbert's ability to be one of the top quarterbacks in this game. And I'll pull no punches. I think he's a poor decision maker. I don't think from a culture building standpoint, he's done a great job. He's done an admirable job saving himself from, you know, this team turning on him. So I'll I'll say that. But if I were a player for Brandon Staley, the amount of times that he's had gaffes in crucial moments making decisions on fourth down conversions and two-point decision-making, he wouldn't have my trust. By the way, and uh, the way the Charger organization runs, even if this would be a non-playoff losing season for the Chargers, Brandon Staley would be back next year. Same thing like his predecessors, Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn. Why? Because they have a contract. They don't eat contracts. And Tom Telesco, their general manager, is in his 11th season, is yet to produce a division title. Bills, by the way, have a second and goal at New England's eight-yard line. I'm sure they got the riot act read to them at halftime after a dismal offensive first half. This is good Patriots defense. You know Belichick is always ready to go, especially against a division rival that he knows well. But the Bills are knocking on the door, third and goal at the Pats' eight-yard line. It's a good Patriots defense. However, they've given up boatloads and boatloads of points over the past three weeks 38 points in a loss 38-3 to the Cowboys 34 points in a loss 34-0 to the Saints but a division rival you know them a little bit better oh no there's no question but I mean I'm used to saying that too Steve I mean my my knee-jerk reaction was to agree with you this season though it has been a 
bumpy ride defensively for the Patriots. Well, they're uh, tightening up right now, so it's a third and goal right now at the eight-yard line. Let's keep an eye here on the Bills as they try to get the ball in the end zone. Quick pass by Josh Allen, and that is a touchdown. Touchdown, Bills. So the Bills get on the board. We'll continue on. Much more coming up. Second half's underway. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Taylor over. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Center, play fake, back. Here's the snap, looking to his left, has Cook out of the backfield, and reaches for the pylon, it's a touchdown! The Cook has found the kitchen, and the recipe on that touchdown, spicy! That's WGR 550 <laughs> Bills Radio Network. <laughs> nice calls. The Bills try to get back in this game, still trailing the Patriots 13-10, eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Wow! How about I, that? I mean, I, I mean, that is that's how you do it, right there. That is uh, that's covering all the bases. By the way, this is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. We are live from the TireRack.com studio. Steve Harpin and Rich Armberger serving you up a little turnaround. In this Colts Browns game. It looked like the Colts were going to go into the half with a a lead. Instead, the Browns recover a fumble in the end zone for a score, and they get a 54-yard field goal. 
So the Browns lead the Colts 27-21. Deshaun Watson out of this game, at least for now. P.J. Walker came in to relieve him after a Watson injury. Gardner Minshew has played well for the Colts, but after, again, the lowest scoring week in the NFL in nearly a decade, uh, we're getting some points today. So Browns lead the Colts 27-21 and I hover at the on, half. I want to hover on decision-making for a second. So Cleveland's trailing on the road, 17-21. They're yeah. facing a fourth and four at the Indianapolis 43-yard line. Now, there are coaches in the National Football League who will go for that. They just will. They just will. You know, because they're like, well, we're on their side of the field, and it's fourth and four, and there's only a minute 57 left in the half, and we're trailing, and we're on the road. But the Browns trust their defense. So their punter kicks it 32 yards, and it is fair caught at the 11-yard line. Indianapolis, two plays later, fumbles it. It's recovered for a touchdown. Browns go up 24-21. Now, yes, is there an argument to be made for being aggressive on fourth down and keeping your offense on the field and trusting your offense and extending drives? Of course there is. And I've been a part of offensive football teams where we would be pissed if we didn't get an opportunity to convert a fourth and two in a situation like that. But there are coaches who take way too many gambles, who don't understand the flow of the game, who aren't listening to the environment, aren't understanding what's working for them. Great decision by Kevin Stefanski there, trusting his defense, and he was rewarded by taking the lead at halftime. Well, we're hearing an epidemic of this comment when these fourth down, let's go for it plays fail. We were confident in the call, we just didn't execute. Exactly. We hear this over and over again. We were confident in the call that we, the play that we called, we just didn't execute. And, and I mean, you you played for a coach, Mike McCoy, who was so notorious when you guys would lose to literally say we believed in our game plan. We had the right game plan. We just didn't execute. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, you didn't have the right game plan. Uh, because if your team is not able to execute the game plan, then it wasn't the right game plan. Yeah. See, that's the whole point. In other words, you could say it was the right play we didn't execute. Well, how about the fact that you called a play that was difficult to execute? I, th- Steve, your lips to God's ears. I think that there are a lot of offensive coordinators, a lot of head coaches who get a little too high on their own supply. Oh. They just think that they're outsmarting the room. And guess what? You literally are because you are smarter in many cases than your players. There are players in that room who are never going to understand the game with such a nuanced perspective that you have being a coach for as long as you've coached. So what is what is what needs to be conveys, conveyed to players is is the effectively the points of emphasis. Like what are the most important three pieces of this play that I need to convey to my players or this situation that I need to pl- convey to my players or this defensive scheme or this coverage concept or or this blitz look? Like what do I need to convey? If you can put if you can break it down into three parts and have it be really really understandable, 
right? And and have your players walk away with maybe not as nuanced a perspective as you have as a coach, but enough to execute. Well, then you've successfully done your job. <laughs> if your players aren't executing, though, th- I mean, you have to turn. You have to look at the mirror. You have to. You yes, have to have you have to actually yourself. have plays or a game plan that they can execute. Exactly. That's. The secret of successful coaches. All right, the the Lions had a fourth and goal. They went for it, and no. It is still 28 to nothing. Ravens, nine and a half minutes to go in the third quarter in that game. The Falcons right now, 10-10 with the Bucs, nine minutes to go in the third, have a third and eight at Tampa's 14-yard line. And the Commanders trying to get back in this game. Second and goal at the Giants for trailing 14-0. We got a whole lot more coming up. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Al's under center on second and goal at the four. Handoff, B-Rob, cuts back into the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! A four-yard run by Brian Robinson. That's Big 100, Commanders Radio Network. Commanders getting right back in this game. Still trailing the Giants by a score of 14-7. to Eight and a half minutes to go in that third quarter. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We're going to help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. 35 to nothing. Lamar Jackson is 19 of 23. 343 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I don't have to do the math for you. That is a perfect passer rating of 158.3. And a game that has gotten away from the Lions from the opening gun uh, continues to get worse and worse. And worse, and and it, and again, this is the NFL, right? I I I, I trumpet the idea. There's no style points, really. I mean, it's it's very simple. It's a W or an L, one or the other, and then you move on to the next game. Um, I just be curious though, with everything going so well for this Lions team, what will be the approach for Dan Campbell as they get ready for next week after this complete beatdown at the hands of the Ravens? Well, when you look forward in the season and you don't look back they're going to face the Raiders at home which you know given the way the Raiders are struggling right now against the Chicago Bears I I don't think you're going to look at that and say hey you know that's an insurmountable uh, team to beat Uh, you go on the road to the Chargers who may be healthier when you visit with them um, but they've they've had some 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 issues offensively that they're still smarting from. Uh, you face the Bears after that. You get to host them, and then you host the Packers. Look, nobody in the NFC North, and especially the the Vikings, but the Bears, the Packers, scare you if you're the Detroit Lions. And with those two um, AFC conference games, you know, playing the uh, the Raiders and the Chargers in consecutive weeks here after the Ravens. I don't necessarily see how the the Ravens can't pull off four and zero through those four games, especially the way they started their season. The win on the road against the Chiefs, they beat the Falcons, the Packers, the Panthers, the Bucks already this season. Lost to the Seahawks, but even that could have been a win. That was a narrow loss. 
So, so I, I, again, if you allow a team to beat you twice, it is possible. We've seen that many times in the National Football League. But if you just encapsulate this, you say, hey, we're going to burn the film. We're not the team that got beat by the Baltimore Ravens. You have an opportunity to continue this streak of success in Detroit. We have a mystery going on in the Falcons-Buccaneers game. It's 10-10 right now, seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Did not start the game. Mm. He was not on any injury report. Nothing. Hmm. So, you know, this is a league that is very big on being fully transparent with injury reports because, again, they're fully in bed now with legalized gambling. So there were no injury reports about Bijan Robinson. Well, hang he on. did not start the game. He has no touches in the no, game. No, no, he's play, He has no touches, but he put, he's played six snaps. Okay, so he's no. been on the field. Here, guys, uh, uh, Christina Pink, uh, the Fox uh, sideline reporter, uh, said that Arthur Smith said that Bijan Robinson is quote just not feeling all that great. So that has uh, so that is expected it. to be used much, if at all, in the okay. second half. So uh, I, I, I know for gambling purposes, I mean, B. John Robinson is the real deal. He has lived up to the hype uh, as a rookie. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he he has appeared in the game, but well, he maybe, hasn't touched the ball. Maybe uh, it was a little bit of a celebration last night. A huge win over the Houston Cougars, who had control of that game uh, at the end of the first half, I mean, yes. <laughs> maybe celebrating a huge win over a in-state rival last night. Who knows? The the Longhorns prevailed. Last uh, night. The Bills uh, just went for it on a fourth and one play at the New England 43-yard line to end the third quarter, and they get the first down. So the Bills trailing 16-10. to 10. Now have a first and 10 at New England's 41-yard line. Meanwhile, Chris, our resident Lions fan, who's had just the longest of days, uh, I saw there's a player down on the field. Do you have an update, a Lions Yeah, player? that would be uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, the Minnesota player who's kind of... The running he, back. Yeah, he was picked up as an undrafted free agent rookie after the NFL draft here he's been on and off he had another injury to start the year he came back with the lions and yeah it looks like he is down and going to be coming out of the game again just if you know anything about his minnesota career just completely rough rough time for him yeah he had uh, some great i mean he was an all-american i mean he had some great days at the university of minnesota uh meanwhile brian hoyer and let's explain again how long Brian Hoyer has been in the league. So, Rich, you came up with Brian Hoyer, same draft, rookies together with the New England franchise. You played your last down in the NFL nine years ago? Uh, let me think about 2014? that. 2014? Yeah, nine years ago. Nine, nine years ago, you played your last down in the NFL. Yeah. And he's the starting quarterback today for the Raiders. He, this is a 15-year professional football career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's bounced around in in quarterback rooms, team to team to team, has had many opportunities to start, whether it be to start seasons or uh, as a backup getting foisted into action like uh, the case is today. Uh, and Josh McDaniels obviously trusts him. It's the reason why he's on the team in the first place, backing up Jimmy Garoppolo. Just, uh, just for the record, this is his 41st career start uh, in the NFL. His best run was with Cleveland. He had a 10-6 and record there. He has actually started games with New England, Arizona, Chicago, Houston, Indy, 
the what is it 49ers yeah yeah it was and ins- now with the Raiders I mean yep. there aren't a lot of guys that can say they've actually started games started games with seven different franchises well it goes to show you because look Brian Hoyer is he ever going to be a uh, a constant starter in this league no but it goes to show you how important intelligence is in this in this league they the, the, these coaches these offensive coordinators they want to be surrounded by people who get it actually let me update the hey, Raiders this first start with the Raiders this is the eighth team now that he has started at least one game for and, and why is that important as a backup quarterback? Well, obviously, A, maybe most importantly, maybe, is so that if uh, a starter gets hurt, you can walk in the game and obviously the wheels don't come off. Okay, so that's the obvious side of it. The not-so-obvious side of it is backup quarterbacks many times really help the offense in ways that people don't really know or understand. They see things from the sideline that certain times coaches don't even see. Ways defenses are approaching route concepts, helping out a quarterback through certain progressions. You know, they're they're seeing things through the lens of, hey, if I were out there, what would I do? And if they're good communicators and they were at one point in their career continue to be good leaders and and they can help a starting quarterback, it's like having another coach on staff. And that's what Brian Hoyer has done the majority of his career is helped the starting quarterback prepare for their game day and to lend them advice when they get to the sideline, whether they're older than he is, more experienced or younger. Um, that's the reason why he's been around the league for 15 years. That's the reason why a lot of these guys, Terod Taylor, been around the league, bouncing around, starting different places for years and years. He's getting a start today for the Giants. They're leading 14-7 right now over the Commanders. That's the reason why guys like um, like uh, Geno Smith bounce around the league for years and years, and he's having a resurgence with the Seahawks. Uh, just signed a big contract over the offseason as a result. All right, so the Bills, as we mentioned, had the ball in New England territory. They still do. They are facing a fourth and two right now at the New England 33-yard line, and they are going to go for it. Uh, New England leads this game 16-10, 14 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen looking around. Nobody's open. Nobody's open. He throws the ball, and it's knocked away by New England. Wow. Jeez. Nice play by the Pats secondary. So Buffalo turns the ball over on downs, and the Patriots take over with a 16-10 lead. I I saw – I don't know who it was. I'm not going to embarrass them – that Josh Allen – this week, going into this week, is the number one quarterback in this league. Now, I don't know what that's based on. It's certainly not his performance on the field this year. Mm. Uh, as you and I have mentioned frequently over the last couple of years, without Brian Dable, where his stock just was skyrocketing, he looks ordinary. I mean, today's a prime example. Nine of, 19 of 31, 185 yards, one touchdown, one pick, passer rating of 75. He has been outplayed by Mac Jones. He's He's been struggling this season, and I don't think it's every game. I don't think it's a consistent struggle, but against better defenses especially, and, and frankly, sometimes not. There are moments where I'm just like, he looks lost. You know, I heard an interesting commentary that I believe in that if you want to know whether or not a quarterback trusts a play, look at his lower body. 
look at his lower body to see if he's comfortable running that play, a passing play, obviously. You know, the quarterback who's confident in a play, a route concept, a blocking scheme, he's going to catch the football from the center if he's in gun or, you know, go into his drop from under center. And he's going to step up, climb the pocket with confidence, and he's going to step into his throw and deliver it with accuracy and timing. When he's not confident, you see happy feet. You see a little bit of a disengagement between the upper body and the lower body. You see his his feet chopping. You see him moving around erratically in the pocket. If he's not sure of the play, especially the play call against the defense he's seeing or if they didn't work on it enough at practice, and I see this all the time from Josh Allen. I see it all the time. Just doesn't look comfortable running this offense. All right. Uh, once again, we are pro- uh, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Heading into fourth quarters in games around the NFL. Six games in progress for all the stats, all the scores. Keep it here. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Lamar to throw on. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Second and goal, halftime, slings it back at the end zone. Touchdown, Ravens! Mark Andrews in the back of the end zone, and the Ravens are back on the scoreboard. 
98 Rock Ravens Radio Network. It has been a day for the Ravens. 35 to nothing over the Lions. Two minutes to go in the third quarter in that game. Welcome in. If you're just joining us right now, this is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Steve Harbin and Rich Armberger. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. Meanwhile, we have the Patriots on the move again after they stopped Buffalo on downs. The Patriots lead Buffalo 16-10. to They now have a second and goal. By the way, with a win today, Bill Belichick will join Don Shula and George Hallis as the only coaches ever to win 300 regular season games uh, in their coaching career. I have a quick question, though, for you. The only other coaches with over 200 wins are Andy Reid, Tom Landry, Curly Lambeau, and Marty Schottenheimer. Touchdown, Patriots! Wow. Touchdown, wow. Patriots. So it's been a day, and uh, Mac Jones is look at Kendrick Bourne with the uh, touchdown there on the touchdown reception. Um, so New England uh, extending their lead. But I, I always look back at Marty Schottenheimer and wonder where is his place in football history. You'll only have seven coaches ever with 200 regular season wins, but his postseason record was 5-13. and 13. He never even got a team to the Super Bowl you still put him in the Hall of Fame? What do you? Th- how, how, how do you feel about regular season success when it's weighed against postseason failure? Well, here's my problem: is anybody who goes, "Hey, yeah, Marty Schottenheimer, failure in the postseason," it's like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, didn't have a great record in the postseason, but can you write the history of the game? This is actually the criteria that you've given me yes can you write the history of a game without mentioning this person okay so so let's go back and look at maybe maybe some of the impact marty schottenheimer has had on pro football Mm -hmm. um on his coaching tree there's bill cower who's Mm -hmm. a hall of famer yep there's tony dungy yep there's bruce arians super Mm -hmm. bowl winning coach herman edwards mike mccarthy hugh jackson tony sperano cam cameron um, I, I mean, the list goes on. This guy, his place in football history is obscenely important. How about so, the fact that his final season as a head coach, he was 14-2? and two. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I mean, and a fluke play costs a Charger team that that season was the best team in the NFL. Oh, there was no question. And they had a... Hall of Fame, MVP season, 31 touchdowns for LaDainian Thomason. Anyone ever going to break that record? 31 uh, touchdowns in a season? That's, for a running back, probably not Not anymore. I mean, think about it. Like, it, <laughs> Well, I mean, again, anybody. You're never going to see a receiver catch 31 touchdown passes, are you? Well, 31? Randy, Randy Moss had when, 20, 20, 22. I, I mean, t- he caught a whole bunch. Yeah. All right. I mean, well, let I, me let me look up what that. What was it? Uh, eh, eh, eh. Tie for third in Patriots history. Let's see. Yeah, I well, mean, he we, had fifty over his time with the Patriots, but he had that one season. I forget how many. He caught. Yeah, but I'm mean, we're talking about it, low it wasn't 20s. thirty-one. No, no. But I mean, the bottom line is, I I agree with you. I mean, again, that's a, that's a short list. You know, obviously, when you talk about Shula, Hallis, Belichick, Reed, Landry, and Lambeau, 
and then your name's on that list. Okay, 23 receiving touchdowns. That's that's a long way from 31. I know. Well, I mean, we're talking about, eight more. From talking about eight more. Talking about eight more. Here's my point, though. Um, no, I, I don't think that I, – I, I don't think any record's untouchable, but at the same token, I will say um, having records still stand from a time period that was now what? 17 two, years ago. Almost two decades ago. Yeah. Uh, Martin Schonheimer, his place in history is cemented in my mind. I agree with you. I think he he should get more uh, more of a look, certainly for his Hall of Fame status. Well, I think Belichick's got a ticket for the Hall of Fame, and this is impressive. Uh, the Patriots, by the way, one for two did not get it, but still lead the Bills by a score of twenty-two to ten. Um, and and again, almost week by week now, Rich. I've been looking and asking. You, I've been asking Ephraim Salam about where we stand with power rankings. And my overview so far of this NFL season, especially what happened a week ago to both the Eagles and the 49ers as they get their first losses of the season. You can call it parity. There's, there's a lot of different ways to phrase it. But here's what I'm looking at. I just don't see, and we were talking about the 49ers might be that team a week ago, but Debo Samuel's out now, McCaffrey's out, and without them, suddenly Brock Purdy showed that, yeah, bad weather situation, good defense, missing some weapons. He could look a little ordinary at the best. I just don't see any runaway, super talented team this week. I agree in with the you. National Football League. I agree with you. I, and honestly, even as good as the San Francisco 49ers have looked, I am aware that Brock Purdy is still a relatively untested quarterback and commodity at, uh, at at quarterback for the the San Francisco 49ers. So, by the way, did you hear the latest rumors? What do you got? The 49ers starting quarterback next year, Kirk Cousins. Interesting. Now, well, if, if you're Shanahan's Kyle Shanahan, like if Brock Purdy, I know he does, if Brock Purdy suddenly goes a little sideways, okay, they don't have a lot of money invested in him, obviously, and you do know there's a history there with Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins going back to the Washington days. What do you think? Well, what I think is only if you need to. If mm-hmm. Brock Purdy is the answer to this question, well, then you continue to save money and that's a big deal when you're keeping a roster like San Francisco has together. I mean, Kirk Cousins won't be cheap, and he's going to ask for all of the money to be guaranteed, like every contract he signed for the last three. So you're going to be parting with some cash if you are going to sign Kirk Cousins. In terms of your power ranking conversation, I'll say this. I still have the San Francisco 49ers, even in spite of the loss, on top of the list. Because what Brock Purdy was able to do at the end of that game is still get the 49ers in position to win with all the issues they had throughout the game. The injuries, he was under more duress than normal because Trent Williams was injured as well. Missing two key players, obviously offensively skilled position players. He got them within whatever it was, 40 yards, 45 yards. Uh, for Jake Moody to try attempt the field goal, which he missed. So I, I I look at the 49ers as potentially, or I shouldn't even say potentially. They're they're still my top team, right behind them. Chiefs, right behind them. Lions, um, although they're catching a beating right Ooh. now in Baltimore. They are finally on the board. Jameer Gibbs touchdown. Wow. The comeback is on. (laughs) By the way, that would be a record. No team's ever been down 35 
and won an NFL game. By the way, speaking of teams on a move, the Colts right now trailing the Browns 30-21. to 21. Uh, This, of course, is the much-anticipated shootout between Gardner Minshew and P.J. Walker. Walker in for the injured Deshaun Watson today. Uh, but the Colts have a second and four at the Cleveland five-yard line. For some reason, while we're well into the fourth quarter of most of these games, there's six minutes to go in the third quarter in this game. Yeah. So I, they're, they're going at a snail's pace, and we got touchdown Colts. So there it is right there. That was a run by Jonathan Taylor. Remember him? The guy they paid all that huge money to? So Jonathan Taylor uh, getting into the end zone for the Colts. Uh, Today, by the way, before that carry, 14 carries, 69 yards. Uh, Zach Moss, 12 carries, 50 yards. So they have a two-headed monster at uh, running back there. Gardner Minshew, by the way, has two rushing touchdowns. By the way, when you have running backs like Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, and your quarterback keeps calling his own number. Is that a problem? Well, no, obviously not. And uh, <laughs> and and also, I mean, it's the style of offense that they're running. So the Colts players are used to having a mobile quarterback with Anthony Richardson. Gardner Minshew is an athlete. Uh, he's a better passer, I think, than an athlete. But he is an athlete, and so he can generate some some yardage and some scoring with his legs as well. He's 12 of 18, 192 through the air. He threw that touchdown pass to uh, Josh Downs earlier today, also threw a pick. But overall, the Colts look strong and probably one of the strongest offensive performances against the Cleveland Browns, who have a dominant defense. They held the Bengals early in the season, and I understand The Bengals were going through it, the calf injury with Joe Burrow, but they held the Bengals in their opener to three points. The Steelers, uh, they they were able to pile them up a little bit on the Browns, 26 points in that that, uh, second game, but held the the Titans to three points. I, I mean, there have been moments where this team has has been absolutely dominant obviously in the victory over the 49ers who looked like world beaters they held them to 17 points but today the colts they've done some really nice things against one of the nfl's top defenses scoring 28 all right let's find out what is trending right now and uh i was trying to make monty feel a little bit better about the chargers with the schedule they have remaining it's true that's so true. even if they were to stumble i mean they're obviously a touchdown dog right against the chiefs today there's still time yes and they're always in it yes. they're always in are it. you a big brandon ch- staley fan now yesterday ephraim <sighs> salam uh came on the air and said he is the absolute worst coach in the nfl <laughs> Like there's not even a second place. You know, it's hard. I know it, it. I know it's hard to not blame him for some of the decisions that are made in some of the games. But there are times when I look at the Chargers and I feel like they're just not disciplined. And I don't know if it's well. That's a coach as well. Well, I mean, right. what else like, is a coach supposed to do? Does it come from him? But they're just not. They make. That's part uh, of your job description yeah. as a coach. Yeah. No. It's. It. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel the way <laughs> Ephraim feels about him. But I. Yeah. And not my, it's not my favorite. Not I don't know, Rich. Am I right? I mean, <laughs> if you have an undisciplined team, yeah, that sort of falls on the coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Discipline in in all phases of the game, offensively, defensively, and in the special teams game, you, you really do. You shine, you shine the light back on the coaching staff when right. you see 
when you see issues in that in that aspect. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> this morning, fellas, uh, the NFL Network reported that the Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick quietly agreed to a lucrative multi-year contract extension, and then maybe the Patriots were like, "Oh, we have to play well because now people know he's not going anywhere," and they're beating the Bills. But the Bills did just score a touchdown. Mm. Patriots, though, are still up 22-17 with about five and a half minutes to go in the game. The Browns holding on to their two-point lead over the Colts, 30-28. to They do have the ball. Less than five minutes to go in the third quarter. The Raiders, they're there. They're participating. They hit another field goal, but the Bears are up 24-6 with about five minutes left in the game. The Commanders scored to start the third quarter, and it's been quiet for both teams the rest of the way, but the Giants are up 14 to seven. They're about to start the fourth quarter. Falcons have a three-point lead, a three-point lead over the Buccaneers in Tampa, 13 to 10, halfway through the fourth quarter. And it is National Tight End Day, is what I heard. National Tight End Day. You mean tight end in terms Correct. of the NFL, NFL or just tight oh, ends? I was in gonna general. say, well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you had thank some you for celebrating in there just pushing. <laughs> Some people say I got great hams. <laughs> no, tight ends as in the NFL. Oh. So Mark Andrews is clearly celebrating. He already has two touchdowns for the Ravens, who have really just been all over the Lions. 35-6 is the score early in the fourth quarter. Still to come, the Seahawks are going to host the Cardinals, and Seattle announced that wide receiver DK Metcalf is inactive. The AP College football poll is out for the week. The top six teams did not move, but Texas moved up one spot to number seven. Oregon moved up one spot to number eight. Alabama back in the top ten at number nine. Penn State dropped three spots to number ten after losing to Ohio State. Back to you guys. USC still ranked. I just checked. They went from 18 down to 24. UCLA leaping over USC <laughs> climbing from 25 to 23. Uh, in the latest AP that's, rankings. Yes, that's correct. Sorry, I just gave you the top 10. By, by the way, uh, Rich Monsi, thank you very much. You're welcome. Did you hear that Michigan is now 8-0, and they are the first team since the AP poll was introduced in 1936, so that's a long time ago, Yeah. to start a season 8-0 where they have scored at least 30 points in every game and have given up 10 or less points in every game. I mean, wow. there's been a lot of dominant college football teams over the last, you know, 80-plus years, but they are the first team ever since 1936 to start a season 8-0, scoring at least 30 points in every game and giving up 10 or fewer points in every game. Yeah. Um, yeah and meanwhile, they're under investigation for cheating. Now, I got into a lot of hot water yesterday. You did. So, uh, by the way, we're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So, Ephraim and I were talking about cheating. And it was, you know, we're talking about the Astros, you know, who there's like a, a stench on them. A lot of people say the same thing about the Patriots because they got caught cheating a couple of times. And now this investigation about stealing signs with Michigan. Look, I, I said this. Cheating goes on at every level of every sport. Every sport, every level. Like, I remember being part of a coaching staff with a flag football team when my kids were like eight years old, and we're trying to, you know, steal some kind of signs or something like that. It's not that I'm condoning cheating, 
it's to me though a little bit overplayed when a team supposedly gets caught cheating because to some level everybody is looking for an edge no matter how they get that edge right right well and also there there's there's cheating and then there's gray area and i think there's times where we conflate the two now i don't know how in depth this investigation is going to go i think that the ncaa is pissed at uh, jim harbaugh for his handling of the the covid um suspension and recruiting and and whatever it was the 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 ineptitude of of the michigan staff to respect the covid regulations that were in in place at the time uh throughout the pandemic okay so they're upset with him in the first place um now we're hearing, and these are rumors across the internet, that opponents of the Jim Harbaugh Michigan Wolverines, like J, uh, like um, head coach Ryan Day at Ohio State, or potentially the Michigan State staff, uh, may have alerted the NCAA to uh, the misgivings going on in Michigan. But you can't tell me that things like this aren't going on at maybe the majority of power five programs across the country that they're not sending advanced analysts or scouts of some sort or paid interns to try to attend these games and whether they're using video footage or they're just writing down what they can ascertain from their seats uh close to the field or what they can hear audibly from the the sideline if they're standing close enough to a rail somewhere um to try to steal some of the signals that are used in game because this happens not only at the collegiate level this happens at the nfl level as well when does it tick over from gamesmanship to illegal that's the question that needs to be answered that's the question that's unclear and we'll find out what level of impropriety occurred here with michigan in the weeks to come i'm sure all right browns Colts. once again a coach has made a decision that could backfire the browns with the lead 30 to 28 they had 218 to go in the game fourth and two at the colts 41 yard line they decided not to punt they won Went for it. P.J. Walker fumbled the snap. It was recovered. Turnover on downs. And now the Colts have just completed a deep pass to get themselves well into field goal range, trailing by two. So, again, fourth and two. You're at the Colts' 41-yard line. You could try to punt the ball away, force them to go length of the field to get into field goal position. You go for it. You fail, and now the Colts are basically running down the clock for what should be a chip shot field goal to steal this game from the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, so again, you know, I was lauding the Browns for good decision-making in the game earlier, and it was around the same exact portion of the field facing a fourth and four. I think it was at Indy's 42 where they elected to punt. Um, And... And what ended up happening on the ensuing drive from the Colts is they fumbled and the Browns defense was able to capitalize after the the good, or I should say the well-placed punt, 
um, and and dive on the fumble recovery for oh, a wait touchdown. a second. I, I'm looking at the game. It's the end of the third quarter. I apologize, everybody. I was completely off there. Every other game is heading toward the end. That was the end of the third quarter. Oh, oh you That's thought me. I, I didn't catch that. I, you I, thought I, this was heading towards the end of the game? I thought it was toward the end of the game. <laughs> I, I told you, this game is so far behind the other games. Yeah. I'm like going brain dead here. That's on me. So uh, it is the end of the third quarter. I'm looking at the Colts and I'm watching the clock run down. I'm like, wow, they're running the clock down to no, like two no. seconds, one second. What just happened? Oh, no, end yeah, of the yeah. third quarter. Well, so, um, so, but, but so, to, but to the conversation. Yeah, I mean, again, the conversation I, we had. Right. Sometimes, sometimes. I, and look, I, I'm not saying that every single time it's not the it's the wrong time to go for it on fourth down. I'm yeah. not saying that, but I mean, you now possess oh. a lead in this game, and uh, and you have an opportunity again to pin the Indianapolis Colts Steve or offense deep with a punt. And instead, you elect to give them half a field by trying for it on fourth down and fumbling the football with, by the way, your backup quarterback in the game. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not there with that decision. I am not there either. All right, what threw me off a little bit was we are inside three minutes to go in the fourth quarter in this New England-Buffalo game. The Bills have a fourth and two at New England's eight-yard line. Patriots had increased their lead to 22-10. to 10. The Bills got a touchdown, and now the Bills are looking to take the lead. Here we go, fourth and two. Josh Steve. Allen throws, and it's... It, Okay, so that's a replay of what happened. Oh, okay, uh, so they didn't get the playoff in time. I think what, no. What happened was <laughs> is that yes, Josh Allen did get picked off in the end zone on fourth and two. However, the Bills had called timeout before wow. the, the ball was. Snapped. No wonder Belichick is so hot oh, right now. Gosh. He's losing it. <laughs> Furious on the look side at line. him. He is screaming right now. Look at McDermott. All right, so this is the new fourth and two. This is live fourth and two now. Yes, yes. All right, so fourth and two for the Bills. They're at New England's eight yard line, trailing. 22 to 17. Josh Allen throws a quick pass and he's got the first down. So, first down for uh, Buffalo right now, uh, and the clock is ticking 240 and counting. All right, we're going to get the finish of this game as we continue to head down the stretch. I will try to keep myself focused on where these games actually are <laughs> time wise. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Brian Hoyer, first. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Down at 10 of the 25, poor man of rush, it's coming home, but Breuer throws left, and it's intercepted, Jalen Johnson, goodbye baby, 20, 15, 10, pick six, touchdown Bears! That's the Bears Radio Network. I hate to tell you this, Rich, I think Go Brian ahead. Hoyer started his last game in the NFL. Raiders came in with hopes today of winning on the road against the hapless Bears. Not going to happen. Bears lead the Raiders by a score of 30-6. to six. Three and a half minutes to go in the game there. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Steve Harbin, Rich Armberger. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. By the way, we are looking it up. Brian Hoyer starting today for the Raiders. This is the eighth different team that he has started at least one game. We were thinking, is that a record? And then we thought of a couple of guys, and we look it up. Ryan Fitzpatrick, nine. Nine different teams. He started at least one game. Uh, but for Brian Hoyer and the Raiders, a nightmare day in Chicago. No question. How about Deontay Foreman on the other side of this matchup? 16 carries, 89 yards, two rushing touchdowns. If you streamed him on fantasy, you're thanking yourself for doing him doing so. He's got 30 points in fantasy football today, and the game is not over yet. Um, the Bears, obviously, if they get the ball back, are probably going to have to run it a few times. Uh, in order to close this game out. And Tyson Bajan, 21 of 29, 162, no big mistakes, took a sack but threw a touchdown. That pass went to the hands of Deontay Foreman, the aforementioned running back who has 30 points of fantasy. So big day for Foreman, big day for Bajan, huge day for the Chicago Bears. Only have one win on the season. They'll improve to 2-5 and five here. And the Las Vegas Raiders went on the road searching for answers after Jimmy G has been down for two weeks now and they've come up with none. All right, so then we have New England and Buffalo. And I look up and look who's leading. The Buffalo Bills have taken a 25-22 lead. This was following a New England fumble. Eight-play, 29-yard drive ends up with a Josh Allen one-yard run. So the Patriots have really outplayed the Bills throughout the game today, but it's the Bills right now. Much
much like last week where the Bills sort of escaped with a win in a game where they were pretty much outplayed. But that's the difference between good teams and not so good teams. And so now Mac Jones and the Patriots, and they just broke off a big play, big play into Bill's territory. I, uh-oh, there's a flag. I was just about to say no flag on the play. <laughs> and just as I'm about to say that, the flag, is it going to be against New England for a block downfield? It was, it was a late flag, a little swing pass that broke – yeah, was this the first play on the new drive here? I believe it was. Yeah. Is that Stevenson? Yeah, that was uh, Ronnie yeah, Stevenson. Yeah, Mac Jones to Ramondre Stevenson. He got it out to the Buffalo 41 for 34 yards on the reception, but we'll see what this penalty is for. Now, there's a minute 49 to go in the fourth quarter, and I think they're picking up the flag. Ramondre and they Stevenson, are. 44 yards through there on four receptions. Zeke Elliott, actually the leading ball carrier for the Patriots today. 11 carries, 31 yards, also scored a rushing touchdown. So that play stands. Whatever flag they threw, they picked it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a clapping Belichick there. So huge play there, Rich, um, to get this drive started. And again, they're down three, so field goal could tie it. A touchdown wins it. Uh, but this would be a bitter pill for the Patriots if they were to lose a game where they've outplayed Buffalo today. Yeah, I, I mean, gotta gotta get it into field goal. Uh, distance here, uh, probably looking at the 30-yard line in order to be within range. They're they're down to the 35. Another Stevenson run has gotten the ball. I mean, that's 52 yards. At this point, 52 yards is field goal range should be uh, in the NFL. So they have a second and five situation right now. 36-yard line of the Bills, a little swing pass. And that's going to lose yards. By the way, Steve, uh, the Browns-Colts game, which does have 11 minutes left, by the way. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I don't thank you. Uh, (laughs) uh, P.J. Walker threw one deep towards the end zone, and it got intercepted just a couple yards uh, shy of the end zone. So the Colts still have I don't know why that game is so far behind every other game, because we're coming down the stretch. All right, we are now passing one minute to go right now in the fourth quarter. New England trailing by three. They have a third and eight at the 39-yard line of the Bills. They need a play from Mac Jones. And the pass is complete. Wow. Big, big play for Mac Jones because he got hit right after he let go of that ball. Yeah, over the middle to Hunter Henry, down to the Buffalo, 25 yards for a 14-yard pickup there. Big play by Mac Jones, who's played really an impressive ball game today. Uh, 21 of 25 passing, 239 yards through the air. I got an update on that now. 22 of 26, 253 after that completion. That's a 120 passer rating. I mean, he is cooking. Yeah. I mean, let Mac cook. Yeah, he's really, really played well. Well today. Print the t-shirts. Yeah, and he's gotten hit a few times. He got hit there late, but they are well, they're very much into field goal position right now. By the way, New England has one timeout remaining. There's 48 seconds to go in the fourth quarter, and New England trailing the Bills by a score of 25 to 22. We're getting close to the top of the hour. I think we get one more quick play here. And he's determined for us not to tell you what's going to happen on this play. Keep it here for all the rest. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Eye formation, Allen under center. Takes the snap, and he is in. And there's the signal. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen powers in from six inches out. 
That's WGR 550 Bills Radio Network. Bills took the lead there, but the New England Patriots score the touchdown to take the lead. 29 to 25. Final seconds now of this game. Josh Allen throws downfield and he completes the pass. No. No. Wow. Diggs had it. Wow. That would have put him in potential field goal range, and the pass was perfect. Wow. And Diggs dropped it. I mean, that is a drop. That is a flat-out drop. It would have been complete to the New England 30-yard line, which would have been a 47-yard field goal attempt. Now, again, they need a touchdown, so it doesn't matter. But And, and they've tried to pump it to Diggs. I mean, look, it's the Patriot way to take away your best pass catcher. They did it to the Dolphins in a loss to the Dolphins, but they did it to them successfully with Tyreek Hill, who scored a receiving touchdown in that game. But overall, played a, a, you know, a, a game very different from the way he's looked against most defenses. Same with Stephon Diggs today. Six receptions, 58 yards on 11 targets. He's had that touchdown reception, but still, it's been a slow day for Diggs. Alright, so it looks like New England will win this game. One more play here for the Bills. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to help get you there. No match selection, fast free shipping, free road hats and protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Meanwhile, the Commanders right now have a fourth and one at the Giants' 18-yard line. They got the two-minute warning there. Giants lead the Commanders 14-7. to And the Cleveland Browns have just kicked a field goal to retake the lead 33-31 over the Colts. All right, final play here for the Bills. And final seconds, and that is over. Lateral play, it's over. New England wins it. Bill Belichick becomes the third coach in NFL history with 300 regular season wins, joining Dodds, uh, Shula, and Papa Bear George Hallis. So huge, huge win at home today for the New England Patriots. Yeah, huge, huge win. And how about Mike Kosicki getting in the end zone at the end of that drive? Just a little one-on-one bigger bigger better athlete against the safety and coverage um mac jones capping off what was an excellent day arguably one of his best days as a professional football player 25 of 30 272 the two touchdown passes one to Bourne, one to gesicki uh look well-coached teams like the steelers like the patriots even in down years are some of the most dangerous teams to play against because they will find a way to make even a good team look foolish in in games and and they did it the patriots did successfully today they did it unsuccessfully against a red-hot Miami Dolphins offense that came to New England and were really flummoxed by what the Patriots were doing to them defensively. All right, hang on, Rich, because the Falcons right now have your for, your favorite former Chargers kicker coming on the field to win this game oh, wow. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Four seconds left. Four seconds left, tied at 13. This is going to be a 51-yard field goal attempt for the Falcons right here to win this game. For the win. Here we go. The kick is up, and it looks good, and it is 
Good! Wow. The Falcons have beaten the Buccaneers 16-13 is the final score. Uh, by the way, with that win, the Falcons take over first place in the much maligned, deservedly, NFC South. Well, yeah, this is a huge victory for the Atlanta Falcons and for Arthur Smith because if you think about it, for now years, he's been the head coach of the Falcons, and it's been a division that's been dominated by Tom Brady. So now he gets an opportunity, no Tom Brady, uh, a down year for the Bucks, no question, trying to get things going with Baker Mayfield, at quarterback. Uh, obviously, the Carolina Panthers, things have not panned out the way they planned with Bryce Young at quarterback and Frank Reich as their head coach. And the Saints, they've been hot and cold this season. That's a great defense, but... If, if they can't muster any offense, this this could be a long season for New Orleans. So Atlanta Falcons right now in the driver's seat with a 4-3 and three record. All right, so we have another game coming down the stretch right now. This is the Commanders and Giants. We're at 102 to play right now in the fourth quarter. Giants lead by a score of 14-7. to seven, And the Commanders now have a third down. They are at the Giants. Where are they now? They are at the... Eight-yard line, I believe. So uh, third and five situation, seven-yard line to be exact. Third and five for the Commanders at the Giants' seven-yard line. Giants lead at 14-7, to 104 to go. The Giants have really dominated this game. Another team desperate for a win, one and five overall, winless at home this year. The Commanders, man, they're holding things together. They came into this game with a 3-3 three and three record. Sam Howell's played pretty well for this team, uh, but let's see what happens here. Third and five at the Giants' seven-yard line. Commanders trailing by a score of 14-7. to By the way, Steve, uh, the Colts just took a lead on a 75-yard touchdown pass to Michael Pittman. I'm not mentioning that game anymore because I got so screwed up earlier. (laughs) Um, Here we go, Sam Howell. That's incredible. I just got it. All right, so incomplete pass. Now it's a fourth and five. And again, they have to go for it, obviously. Fourth and five of the Giants' seven-yard line. They should punt, honestly. By the way, what a shootout that game is between the Colts and the Browns. Uh, Gardner Minshew today, 15 of 22, 305 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and he has scored two touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, it's been all these running backs for the the Browns that have been generating, I should say, and defense that have been generating the offense. Here we go, fourth and five right now. This is it for the Commanders, and Sam Howell is rushed. He scrambles. He throws to the end zone. It's caught. No, knocked away, and that is going to do it. Wow. Well, at least now, because uh, the Giants are always capable of finding a way to blow well, a game. That but, is uh, true. They, that they, is true. Yeah, it's not over yet. But uh, Giants will take over on downs at the seven-yard line, 56 seconds to go. Well, listen, and this is a t- difficult situation being if you are the New York Giants because um, Saquon Barkley still nursing his way back from an injured ankle commanders solid defense playing well today against the giants and you're coming off your own goal line so with two timeouts left for the commanders the giants need to find a way to get a first down barkley has 21 carries 77 yards so he's run the ball pretty well today pretty well i mean that is that's that's a lot of carries for for that many yards though and and that's been it's less than four yards a carry that's been the issue for well they're taking a knee 
Oh, so they don't – yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. Well, I mean, commanders do have two timeouts. They're going to burn one there. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll be facing a third down. They have down. to punt this. If they keep kneeling on the football, will time expire? Well, that's the strategy Dable's using right now. So they went to a knee on first down. Again, the commanders okay. had two timeouts left. They just used one. Clock stopped Still at 52. 53. Yeah. 53 seconds I, left. I, I think the Giants are going to have to punt it. Okay, so now you take another knee. They stop the clock immediately. Yeah, That would course. be a third and a 12 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With 40-something I, I don't know. I we'll find I, out what they're doing here. I'm, I'm, I guess he really doesn't trust his offense. He really doesn't, <laughs> and they did take a knee, and so you lose a yard. There's 50 seconds left, and now you have a third and 12. Yeah. So if you go for it, you're not going to be able to run 50 seconds off the clock. That's my point. That's my point. I'm a little, I, that, that's what I was saying. With two timeouts, you have to get a first down. And to you seal are going to be punting out of the back of your end zone. Exactly. I, what, what is Dable doing? I'm not quite sure. He's like, did you tell me how many timeouts they had left? What the hell is He's going on He's talking to here? the official right now. So, okay, so they're going to run whatever play they're going to run here on third down. You're not going to throw the ball. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to kneel again since that was their plan to and start they are, this And drive. they're kneeling again. Yeah. So here we go. 51 seconds. They kneel. And now the clock's going to run. Yeah. So there's there's an eight-second difference on the clock. I'm looking right now. Okay, eight to okay. nine-second difference on the clock. But still, you're but giving you're gonna an have, opportunity you, for a return well, you're gonna instead have to, of trusting your offense to get a first down? Well, my guess is you call a timeout before the clock expires. So that'll be a fourth and 13 from their own six-yard line. So you're going to have to punt. And they've stopped the clock for an injured commander. Oh, my gosh. Quote, unquote, injured. What a disaster for Brian Dable. By the way, that is a smart play by Rivera. No question. No question. I mean, what a disaster of a decision by Brian Dable. This is a laughingstock. You're going to give the commanders an opportunity with the ball back here in a game. I mean, what you trust your offense that little. Either that or he has zero understanding of the clock. All right. So now it's fourth and 13. The clock now restarts and so the clock did not stop completely so there's still a seven or eight second difference what is going on here did he just try to kneel on fourth down why what happened the injury reset the play clock so apparently the the injury reset the clock and that is game. Wow. <laughs> what the hell? So both of these coaches have no idea what they're doing. So the game That's is officially over. The Giants have defeated. <laughs> that was unreal. <laughs> what just happened? So what just the, happened? And the, so by the way, the, the injured player yeah. just walked casually off the field. Oh the clock God. stopped. But then they reset the clock, and that was game. That was bizarre to say the least. Wow. Bottom line is the Giants come away with a 14 to 7 win uh, in this game. So there's only one of the early games left and this game still has plenty of time left. Colts with a 38 to 33 lead over the Browns. 
with uh, three and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. All right, we got games kicking off right now after that. Man, I don't know what we were watching at the end of that game. That was ridiculous. The Giants win. Uh, By the way, we're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Plenty more coming up. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Henry, Bourne, and Stevenson flex left before Jones summons Stevenson to the quarterback's right hip. A second and goal to go from the left hash one. Andrews over the football to snap it back. Jones has it, looks to his right, throws it to the right, got it, touchdown! He's got it, Patriots! Allen takes the snap, nobody rushing. Josh Allen rolls right, moves up, moves up. He's past the line of scrimmage. Allen's going to try to toss it back. He dropped the ball on the turf, and Brendan Schooler slides to cover up. And the Patriots can celebrate their first win at home this year. An upset of Buffalo by a 29-25 final. That is the Patriots Radio Network. Patriots get a huge win today at home against the Buffalo Bills. 29-25, the 300th regular season win for Bill Belichick. And Mac Jones had a day. 25 of 30, 272 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He outplayed Josh Allen today, and that is why the Patriots come up winners. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Steve Harbin, Rich Ornberger. We are live from the TireRack.com studio. All right, so Rich, right now we got the Colts and the Browns, and the Browns are on the move. Uh, Colts lead this game by a score of 38-33. to I don't know if anyone thought we'd see this kind of scoring no. uh, in this game today. Uh, again, if you missed it, Deshaun Watson went out early in the game with an injury. P.J. Walker took over. His numbers are ordinary, but they were ordinary last week. And they beat the 49ers, and he just zipped in a pass right there to continue this Browns drive. We got 127 and counting, uh, a first down for these Cleveland Browns. Meanwhile, Gardner Minshew, huge day, 16 of 23, 312 yards, two touchdowns through the air. He has scored two touchdowns on the ground. So the Browns are at the 20-yard line uh, of the Colts right now, and then they ran the ball for a two-yard loss. You know, Russell Wilson catches a lot of heat for not playing well under Nathaniel Hackett, and he's been better this season, but the Denver Broncos have been poor to quite poor, depending on what game you put on and watch. For all the money that Russell Wilson was paid, Deshaun Watson was paid much more, and he's played virtually zero games for the Cleveland Browns. Well, I, even in the games he's played, I mean, how many games can you say he was the difference in a Browns win? That, that, and that's my point. I mean, like, yes, he has he appeared in a, a stretch of games last year toward the end of the season, but he was Russell's all get out to begin with, and he didn't really have a single game that uh, ensnared any of the the. Uh, whatever you want to call it, the the it factor that he had while he was a Houston Texans starting quarterback. And this season it's been, you know, sort of an endurable disaster for him at quarterback. He hasn't been on the field at all. So, Well, they haven't showed much offense. I mean, that's the point. In other words, what the Browns have done in their wins, and we saw it obviously against the 49ers, is their defense. Yeah. Their defense is the reason uh, that they're winning games. All right, so now we got – 
47 seconds in the fourth quarter and a third and four for the Browns at the Indianapolis 13-yard line. Uh, Meanwhile, the Rams-Steelers are just underway right now. Uh, Yesterday, Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, we asked him, who's been the biggest surprise team in the league this year? And he goes, I'm going to have to say the Rams. Um, Did not see this. That yeah. they would be at three and three, and he gave a lot of credit to Matthew Stafford, who, you know, some people almost felt like was almost going to go through the motions this year, right? I mean, after the injury last year, he's got his Super Bowl in the bank and everything else, but he's been a difference maker. I mean, there is no depth on this Rams team. Cooper Cup has come back and picked up right where he left off. Um, so this interesting game today against the Steelers out at SoFi Stadium. Of course, the Steelers are three and two, and. Every time you look at the Steelers' record, you're like, how are they 3-2? and two? I mean, yeah. it's like, <laughs> I, I yeah. don't know. They have Mike Tomlin as their coach. He wins more than he loses. <laughs> they, 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 they just are. That's, that's all we can say. Somehow Mike Tomlin uh, has figured out a, a way to coach this team that, that really I, – I, I don't know how it, – it's very similar, honestly, and they play in the same division, to the way the Cleveland Browns have navigated this season. I, they just rely on a great defense. They try to do just enough offensively to not make mistakes but to stay in football games. Now today, in this game against the Colts, it's a bit of a shootout, but that's been even aided by their defense with a score, obviously, in the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, so it's – um. It is one of those things, man, like like good coaches, they find a way to win and they find a way to keep you in, in games and keep you in seasons. And Sean McVay and, the, and Mike Tomlin, this is a great matchup in Los Angeles. Although if you saw any of the social media posts leading up to kickoff here in L.A., a sparsely attended game. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody is there in SoFi today. No, Uh this is this is it. I mean, the rest of the country does not understand why the NFL is such a relative zero in Los Angeles. And all I can say is, as someone that's been in this market this entire time, in the 20 years that the NFL was absent from this league, you know, where L.A. was absent from the NFL, the number of unsolicited phone calls I got on radio from people saying, hey, Hartman, when are we going to get the NFL back would be zero. Zero. No one was begging for the L.A. Stan Kroenke bought a strip of land in Inglewood to build a stadium and bring the Rams there. And the Chargers obviously just hitched a ride to get a free ticket uh, uh, in a stadium. Beautiful stadium. But in Los Angeles, there's the Dodgers. There's the Lakers. And the NFL is far in the rear. Um, but they don't care because other teams' uh, fans show up and they buy at the seats. We have a delay in this Colts-Browns game. What the hell is going on here? It's first and goal. <laughs> this game is endless. It's crazy. Well, P.J. Game- Walker on the last play, third third and four, right? He, he was sacked for a loss of 13 yards. He fumbled. It was recovered by DeForest Buckner. Um and then, but then there was a penalty on Indianapolis. Yes. And so it's so, a first and goal. Now it's a first and goal at the one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Browns Shane get the Steichen ball back is after going the absolutely nuts. Oh, I'm sure. He's I'm like, sure. what is going on here? Yeah, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? All right. So first and goal at the one now for the Browns. The Browns do not have any timeouts. 
So Walker is looking to pass, and he throws, and it's knocked away. Good defense. Wow, 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 wow. That was a touchdown, but knocked away at the last second. So 28 seconds to go, second and goal for the Browns, trying to take the lead in this game against the the Colts. Joku there, who has 54 yards through the air on five receptions today and just could not connect. Good defense. That was great defense, knocking the ball out at the last second. So he did not control the ball. So we have a second and goal right now for this uh, Browns team. You know, these are two middle-of-the-pack teams, but this has been a hell of a game today with Gardner Minshew and P.J. Walker. Uh, as your competing quarterbacks. All right, they're going to throw the ball again, a little flip pass, and that's incomplete. What the hell was that? Can anybody explain that play to me? He basically pitched the ball to his guard. Yeah. Yeah. This uh this is a bad this is a bad goal line sequence for the Cleveland Browns. Wow. <laughs> I guess that was to the tight end, but it hit him right in the face. Oh boy. So now we have third and goal for the Browns, 25 seconds to go. What kind of call is that? Now, granted, you have no timeout, so now they're trying to hurry to the line of scrimmage. Oh, boy. (laughs) They can't call a timeout. They don't have one. Yep. Oh, they do. Oh, the Colts called a timeout. So the Colts, I know the Browns didn't have any timeouts, so the Colts, for some reason, called a timeout. There seems to be a lot of confusion in this game. <laughs> yeah, if it sounds like we're confused, it's well, because well, there's on, confusion the, on the field. So let's go back to the third and four, which this led to the first This goes back to me goal. thinking that the game yeah. ended with the end of the third quarter. <laughs> it should have. Yeah, uh, an omen. So when, when P.J. Walker was sacked and DeForest Buckner recovered the fumble, there was a penalty on illegal contact downfield. And so after official replay, the penalty was in four. Forced, ruling that the uh, the the uh, the the original play, the incompletion, or excuse me, it would be a first and goal opportunity for the Browns at the Indianapolis eight. They got it down to the Indy one. They've run two unsuccessful plays. All right, from they're the running to the line, line of scrimmage so right now. At. I don't know why they're running. The clock has stopped. Walker is looking to pass. He's rolling out. He's he throws the ball away. He throws it out of the end zone. All right, Smart so now you got fourth and goal at the one. This sequence of plays by the Browns. If the Browns don't win this game after being gifted a first and goal from the Indianapolis eight, yeah. Um, you could just go ahead and just just pack it up. (laughs) Stefanski is looking for an answer right now. Uh, So fourth and goal, 19 seconds to go. And here we go. Let's see what they call. Uh, And they didn't have any timeouts. I guess that's why they weren't running the ball. But on fourth down, they're going to run the ball. And it's that's a touchdown. Yeah, that should be in. No, no signal? No. No whoa, way. Whoa, 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 no, whoa, 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 no whoa, whoa, whoa. No way. Did they they haven't signaled touchdown? They haven't. I, from the angle I was looking at, it looked like it got to the goal line. So straight handoff and that's a touchdown. He's at the goal line. Nah, I think he is. That's too. a touchdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, for sure, but they didn't signal it. And so right now there is no touchdown signal. But of course, any play like that is yeah, it'll reviewed. be reviewed. Yeah, and now right. they're calling it a touchdown. There you Kareem, go, Kareem Hunt, right there with the touchdown for the Browns, and they take a thirty-nine to thirty-eight lead 
Uh, they're going to go for a two-point conversion right now to up that lead to three, which is the right call, by the way. Yeah. 15 yeah, listen, seconds yeah. to go. You're, yeah. you're leading by one here late. One go and two it. doesn't make a difference. Doesn't three matter. makes a difference. Holy potential. smokes, dude. I, wow. I, if this, this, this has to be the longest play. game of the year. This is right there. Remember and last imagine, year we had a game that almost went four hours. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah but this is a, this is not even an overtime game. No. No, this, this is, is this just is a regulation. three and a half hour game in regulation. And really only twelve penalties called throughout the game. Yeah. And, I mean, and both teams ran the ball quite a bit in this game. They did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. I don't know why this game lasted so long, but a lot of it just was general confusion. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. That I was part of <laughs> yeah, at yeah, some point. Honestly, yeah. Uh, I mean, Seahawks, by the way, took an early 7-0 lead in their game against the Cardinals. Uh, that on a Geno Smith touchdown pass to Jackson Smith Jigba. Uh, and uh, Smith, by the way, in that opening drive for the Seahawks, 5 of 5, 67 yards, and that score. Well, let's get the rest of the updates from a certain somebody. Yeah, let's find out what is trending right now as Monsi has been standing by. How's your fantasy team doing today, teams? You know, it's up say. and down. It's been a weird day. Uh, up and down a little bit. I weird, think weird day in the NFL will go hand in hand. Exactly. And, you know, they happen throughout the, the season. I just wasn't expecting it to be today. Uh, so, yes, this game is, is on. It's very long. They showed Deshaun Watson just standing there. I'm with you, Rich. I don't get it. I don't get it. It seems like he was fine to play and just didn't want to play again. Yeah. That's yeah. what it seems like. And, and, like, Deshaun Watson... I mean, he signed a much larger contract than Russell Wilson. Much larger. Um, He's yet to make a difference in Cleveland whatsoever. And for whatever reason, Russell Wilson is just catching strays left and right. And and Deshaun Watson, everybody's just like, oh, he's oh, yeah, he's, his rotator and, cuff. Okay, yeah. guys, what? He's making millions of dollars. I would be so annoyed if I was his teammate. I'd be get out there. But hey, PJ Walker is doing what he can. So at least there's that. There seems to be an injury though, right now in that Browns Colts game. This game is never going to end. Gonna this game is never going to end. Uh, maybe by the time I'm done with the update, maybe it'll be over. But, yes, we have other games going on. The Broncos just scored first with a field goal against the Packers, 3-0 halfway through the first quarter. You mentioned that the Seahawks scored first against the Cardinals. They're up 7-0, less than five minutes to go in the first. Chargers and Chiefs scoreless early in the first. Steelers and Rams scoreless late in the first, but the Steelers have the ball, and they are approaching the red zone. One of the reasons I don't think SoFi Stadium works here in L.A., Traffic is awful. It yeah. is going to the the game at Sova is an awful game. The first game I went to, I saw a Chargers Chiefs game. It, Me granted, too. it was a Thursday night game. Yes. The game won overtime. Uh huh. We I was there. we left our seats at the end of the game, and when we pulled out of the parking lot. An hour and a half yes, after the game ended. Move. Just to move. leave the parking yes, lot. I, I didn't move for over an hour. hour and a half. I know. And you wait, you stayed for OT, which was the decision we made. We should have left at the end of the regular of regulation, but man, we stayed. That's what I think that's a big part, I think. All right. So they did not 
Did they go for the two-point conversion and it was not successful? I think that everyone just completely yeah, tuned this game out. Yeah, this like, game what? is just, they finally <laughs> took the injured player off the field, and yes, they did not get they the two-point conversion. They did not get conversion. it. So 15 seconds left. We'll see how that one ends. The games that have already finished for today, Ravens crushed the Lions 38-6. Lamar Jackson, 21 of 27, 357 yards, three touchdowns in the air, one rushing touchdown. Jared Goff, 33 of 53, 284 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. The Falcons walked it off with a 51-yard field goal and beat the Buccaneers 16-13. The Giants held on to beat the Commanders 14-7. They didn't even score in the second half, but they ended up coming out with a W. The Patriots stunned the Bills with a touchdown in the final two minutes to win 29-25. That's 300 regular season wins for Bill Belichick. Josh Allen of the Bills, 27-41, 265 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Mac Jones, 25-30, of 30, 272 yards two touchdowns no interceptions and the Bears cruise past the Raiders no problem 30 to 12 was the final score is that game still going on yes it is uh, we also have baseball later today Rangers and Astros game six of the ALCS it all starts at 8 p.m. Eastern time Houston leads the series three to two and for Monday night football all signs are pointing that 49ers star running back Christian McCaffrey is going to play. Oh, he is going to play. That's what it's leaning towards. He mm. practiced yesterday, Saturday, limited, but after practice, apparently, he was feeling great. So everything is pointing that he will be playing against the Vikings for Monday night football. All right, guys, game's still going on, but no. I'm done. No, is it over? <laughs> Wait, I believe. No, it's still going on. I think we have a fumble by Gardner Minshew. Uh, so the Browns get the ball back uh, with two seconds to go in a game that will never end. Never end. Never end. But there's, uh, but there's Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. happy and clapping. Sit down, Well, he should guy. be with all the money he's making. Why not? Doing nothing. Yeah, doing nothing. Just watching from the sidelines. Uh, as P.J. Walker now is 2-0, and by the way. 2-0. Well, he doesn't get See, the thing is, Deshaun Watson gets credit for this win because he was the starting quarterback. That's stupid. But that's the way it works. <laughs> yep. But it's, it's not like a stupid. pitcher. It's not like a starting pitcher in baseball has well, to go to, five a, a innings yeah. to get credit for the win. All you have to do is start the game. Yeah, that's the reason why wins and losses make no sense. Should not be a quarterback stat. It's just not. It, it's it, just it really. Not. And why? Why don't we have that stat for every player? Yeah. Right? Why, why, why do only quarterbacks get credit for wins and losses? I did not know that. Yeah, so that that will be credited to Deshaun Watson. That's so stupid. I can't get yeah. over One that, One for guys. five, five yards with a pass rating of 0. 0.0. Wow. All right, so a lot unexplained today. Uh, but we finally have a final there. Cleveland hangs on. They beat the Colts by a score of 39-38. to 38. Uh, Rich, uh, I, I wanted to get to another game uh, here uh, that's coming up a little bit later, and that's the Dolphins and Eagles. So the Dolphins, the good news is they're five and one. The bad news is their five wins are against teams with a combined five wins. So they're, they're they've won five games yep. against teams that combined have won five games. The <laughs> right. one game they played against a legit team, they lost by four touchdowns. Then on the other side, you have an Eagles team that was underachieving. And then had a complete meltdown in that loss of the Jets. And Jalen Hurts is ordinary in terms of his stats 
this season. What is your read on this game where the Eagles are the obligatory three-point favorite at home on Sunday night football against the Dolphins? Well, the way I see it is Jalen Hurts is, in my opinion, still the class of the NFL at his position. Wow. And the reason why I say that is because there's more intangibles to playing great as a quarterback than than just what you see statistically. It's also your durability. It's also those situational moments where he makes such a difference on third and short, fourth and short, how automatic all those QB sneaks are. It's also what he lends to the run game. While his passer rating hasn't been great, what about what he's lending to the game and the game plan as, a, as, as opposed to other quarterbacks in his ability to rush the football? I mean, he's just, as in my opinion, as talented a quarterback as this league has, he's just, he's just considered a system quarterback because he doesn't have gaudy stats. But what like, about his meltdown last week against the Jets? A couple of those interceptions were ugly. I agree, but he had a game like that last year too, and he bounced back well from it. Jalen Hurts nor is anybody um, limited to a perfect uh, a perfect year or player card or clean stat sheet throughout the season. Everybody's going to have a bad day at the office. There's no question that was one of them. That was an ugly day at the office. But you have to give credit where credit's due. That was against a really, really good defense. The Jets, they, the, Robert Sala's got that, that thing tuned up pretty, pretty well defensively in New York. They've had gaffes too, but overall, I think you have, to, you, you have to mark down the Jets as one of the more dominant defenses in this league and definitely one of the scarier opponents you can face. And then you look on the other side at Tua. I mean, these are two of Nick Saban's quarterback. Hertz and, and Tungvaloa. By the way, quick note on Tua, his passer rating this year is 30 points higher than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 114 and, to 84. And again, you, you discount the rushing when you concentrate so, solely on the passing right. effectiveness of, of Jalen Hurts, right? Tua can't do that. He no. cannot. He's far too fragile. He's not a good enough athlete. He's not strong enough, big enough, any of those things to lend a hand in the run game. They haven't needed him also, by the way, because they've had an outstanding backfield with A-Chan, who's now injured, but also most what he's been able to supply both in the rush game and the passing game. Um, This is a fun matchup for me, to be perfectly honest with you, and I'm hoping to see a great game in Philadelphia tonight on Sunday Night Football. I think both of these guys are insanely prideful players, and I feel like both of them win healthy, and it's been more of an issue for Tua, both of them rise to challenges like like they typically in big moments they don't flounder so i'm expecting fireworks tonight all right more fireworks coming up this is fox sports red zone radio out of the eye they need the touchdown hunt and harris walker gives to kareem hunt pushing pushing touchdown kareem hunt got it across the goal line That's the Browns Radio Network. It was close, but the Browns pull it out over the Colts by a score 
of 39 to 38. That's our Progressive Play of the Day, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Steve Harbin, Rich Ornberger, Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, live from the Tyrac.com studios. I want to thank Monsi, who had to run out of here. I mean, she's on her way to Disneyland right now, she said. So that's going to be a rough ride here for sure. Sure. Ryan jumping in today, producing the show. Ryan, it's great to see you. Still engaged? Still engaged. Still engaged. That's a good sign right Locked there. Locked in. Uh, and Chris, I don't know what to say to you, 38-6. to six. Could you have any envision of losing to the Ravens today with your beloved Lions, 38-6? to six? There's always a universe for it. Just burn this one up. I'm all groovy. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Lions are still five and two. It's not like they just lost the entire season off this. Well, so I'm I, still, again, I'm going to still remain, I'm going to remain long, long term on this. The, the rest of their schedule, this shouldn't happen again. Well, again, for a team, a good team to lose, you know, a traditionally good team to lose, a bad day of the office. But when you're a traditional loser like the Lions have been for so you long. You don't play your history in a season. Yeah, we'll see. You don't play we'll your history in a season. It. By the way, uh, Rich, uh, this Chiefs-Chargers game, by the way, tied right now three apiece. I mean, this is a team that has given the Chiefs fits. Oh, yeah. I mean, last year, the Chiefs swept the two games both by three points. Um, their other two wins since Justin Herbert took over as the Chargers quarterback for the Chiefs were overtime wins. Um, so for whatever reason, they have played very competitive. Now, I, I, you know, did you ever find yourself when you're playing against a top-tier opponent, whether it was conscious or not, of just sort of raising your game a little bit? Of course. Of course. You know, there there are teams that you battle throughout the course of your career or during your time with a certain team that you, you kind of feel like you have to. And let's face it, the Chiefs are kind of in that situation no matter who they're playing. Exactly. They're, they're going to have a target on their back because everybody wants to say they beat the Chiefs. They beat Patrick Mahomes. They, they cracked the code, so to speak, against Andy Reid. And a Chiefs team that has really reigned dominant over the league since Patrick Mahomes has become their starting quarterback. So I, I'm, the Chiefs are certainly used to it. The Chargers, being a division rival, knowing they have to face them twice a year, they're going to be raided against the Chiefs. I mean, until the Chargers start winning half or more of these matchups against Kansas City, they're going to be uh, somewhere below them in the the mind's eye of the public zeitgeist. Like you just you, you have to be competitive against the best team in your Did division. You use Other- zeitgeist in the your. Yeah, just work that in there. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. I was I wondering like when he's going to sneak that word in. It's just uh, just, uh, just hovering <laughs> somewhere in the ether. Wow, just that landed, was impressive. Landed that plane. Look, we're getting the, all the SAT words out now. What I'm trying to make is, mm. you know, this says uh, you have to play at a superlative level to mm. really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come close. <laughs> See, I would have just said a really high level, and then you're like, oh, what, what do you yeah. mean by high? And I'm I mean, like, it's well, a, how is it unconscionable to see the Chargers pull off a win yeah. on the road? No, I mean, that's it's happened. Uh, no, it, it absolutely. And by the way, that game is already into the second quarter. 
Yeah. So that didn't take long to get to the second quarter. Same thing with the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Seahawks lead the Cards by a score of 7-3. to three. Broncos with the early 3-0 lead against the Packers and the Steelers leading the Rams 3-0. Broncos 1-5, 0-3 at home. Mm. How's yeah. it going for Sean Payton right the now? The offense has been in Ottoman time uh, mm-hmm. this morning so far, or should say this afternoon, yeah. um, which means immobile. The point uh, the point is uh, Sean Payton was paid to come in and resurrect Russell Wilson to cure him of the 20 dirty hands or whatever the quote was this offseason, to, to cure him of, of the worst coaching job in NFL history, mm-hmm. as I'm paraphrasing for Sean Payton, as as it were and he hasn't done it uh this this team looks worse to me than it did under nathaniel hackett it just does i mean the record's worse the the i feel like the attitude is worse i i've seen i've seen i saw i believe i saw more effort from the players on the field last year it looks like jerry judy has all but quit on this season uh he's been rung up by mark schlereth uh, Fox Sports analyst, also Steve Smith has given him, uh, and they've actually had a war of words. So I don't know what's next for Sean Payton, but uh, I'm guessing he's going to be in Denver next year, and I'm guessing he's going to try to move off of Russell Wilson if he can. It's going to be an interesting battle for worst team in the NFL this year. It's, oh, yeah. hard, it's too early. Too early to tell. But, boy, there are a lot of teams very much in the running. All right, so much more coming up. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 